welcome everybody to episode 84 of the ADV podcast. So I tell you what, we've got quite a great, great one for you today. <laughs> did you plan that? <laughs> uh, I did. You bloody bastard. <laughs> anyway, the fact of the matter is uh, we actually have a very special guest. We have an interview with a very special guest today, which we'll be getting to uh, shortly. Uh, for those of you who don't know, his name is Drew Pavlo. Pavlu? Pavlo? Pavlu. Pavlu. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I I always call him Drew Pavlov because it's easier for me to re- remember. But yeah, That's definitely. what you do with people's names. Yeah. It's like a Pavlovian response, <laughs> it's really, a, it if is, you it think is. about it. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a little inside joke. Anyway, Drew Pavlu, who's a very uh, important figure right now, especially with regards to Australia and fighting against the CCP. But of course, we've got other things to talk about. So before we do that, let's just get right into it with what's new, where we talk about what's new in China and what's new in the whole sort of uh, ADV sphere. Uh, sphere, so to speak. And I think the first thing we're going to do is show you this fantastic meme. <laughs> that, was a, that was a, uh, I want to say great, but I don't want to be cliche here. Yeah, the fact of the matter is this was put out before the end of the last podcast. I was impressed. Finished. I was very impressed. Yeah. And for those of you who uh, actually don't know, this came from, you know, this ridiculous song that uh, the propaganda department put out in China for the Beijing Olympics. And then we looked into some of the people that they were using in there, some of the, the foreigners and just happened to be uh, our new favorite person. Uh, Tanky Hodor. We would Great. have him on. If he wants to make a career change, we will absolutely have him on. We'd the love show. to have him on the show. Yeah. yeah, reach out. Anyway, let's get into a couple of other things that are new here. I just want to do a couple of super chats that got deleted off the page here oh, first, do? because just because I want people to know that we didn't forget about them. Okay. Uh, China's power shift says China's pledged carbon neutrality by 2060. Then after that's after Taiwan launches its offensive attack, wiping every coal and nu- nuclear plant off of the mainland. That's. <laughs> I okay. guess that's a joke. It's Frederick a joke. York says, what have you guys made of the six plenum? Can I get cotton, 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 great manners? Okay, well, first of all, speaking of cotton, look what uh, Xinhua News Agency put out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you just yeah. can't make this up. Yeah. Can you set this up so okay. people understand? Well, it's a tweet. Now, Xinhua News Agency, which, of course, you can even see it says China state-affiliated media. It's not just China state-affiliated. It is China state media. Xinhua is the top... You know, it goes from there and it trickles down. So this is the Chinese Communist Party from from Emperor Xi to the CCP Correct. to the media. This is the first stop along the way. And then it goes down, trickles down to Global Times and all that other crap. Anyway, they've been putting out some crazy stuff, which we're going to talk about in the future as well. You know, uh, Xi Jinping's just been reelected or whatever into his third term. Or yeah, his, let's, whatever. let's absolutely not confuse anyone. He wasn't elected. Yeah, not, not elected. You know how He's he self-appointed. The, the fact term. of the matter is this uh, Xinhua News has been for the past couple of weeks just putting out these ridiculous praise pieces about Xi Jinping. Oh, about, my like, gosh. What, what it's, a, it's, it's insane. What it's did, give us a quote from one of those. Oh, man. I've been tweeting it all the time. But it's just where it's they like, say, what like... A, what an illustrious I, man. Yes, he's like an amazing, thought, uh, thoughtless man with so much stamina who can... You yeah. Know, this, oh, it's Look ridiculous. at his stamina and look at how innovative. They keep saying he's innovative. He's quite possibly the least innovative CCP official we've had thus far. Yeah. Actually, he is absolutely the least innovative. Yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is this guy has been praised ridiculously by Xinhua News. And I'm actually putting together a little compilation of all the cringeworthy stuff. You're going to do a video next yeah, week on yeah, that, right? It's yeah. probably going to be my next week video. Um, anyway, so they... I want to give it a little teaser for mine. I got sure. my hands on uh, the Xi Jinping Thought textbook for children in China, and I translated it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's terrifying. Anyway, so, you know, this whole forced... Elegant- I don't know why they don't drop this, by the way. It's kind of like yesterday's news. If you yeah, know what you I mean. should probably stop bringing it up. They, but China. they keep bringing it up. Holy shit. 
So, you know, we all know about the allegations of forced labor, Xinjiang forced labor. Yeah. And so H&M and all these big brands, they joined this better brand initiative thing, better cotton initiative to make sure that forced labor wasn't used. Yeah. So they have been putting out all this crappy propaganda for ages. And now again, uh, just November 8th, a couple of days ago, they put this out, which says 12 experts and scholars from China's Xinjiang debunked fallacies about forced labor in Xinjiang at a symposium held in Urumqi, the region's capital. I mean, they literally got a Uyghur guy to lay in cotton. We've seen uh, yeah. we've seen some propaganda videos from those what are those sisters that we brought up before? Oh, the Guli sisters. Yeah. They were uh, they were doing a propaganda piece for the CCP. Yeah, and it was to to say like uh, you should come to Xinjiang because it's so beautiful. They're standing in like a smoggy f- like field, and they're instead of holding flowers, they're holding, holding cotton. cotton. Yeah, it's like when they get accused of something. It's just like a as if a. Uh, I don't want to say the word. I'll say it's if a criminal is intellectually disabled. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I am not bad. And they have like a gun in their hand or something. And or, they'll, like, or they'll like throw the gun. Throw the that, gun that down. That gun is not mine. It's not mine after you see them do it. They're yeah. holding cotton, laying in cotton like, ah. Yeah. So they've got this Uyghur guy lying in no cotton. No forced labor here. Oh, it's amazing. It's so comfortable. I got such a comfortable life. But the whole wording, 12 experts and scholars from Xinjiang debunked. Yeah. The fallacy is a forced neighbor so in Xinjiang. CCP officials. Yeah, at a symposium <laughs> held in Xinjiang. So in it's other words... It's literally a Chinese government symposium. Yeah, so they set up a symposium. They got people that are government to say there's no forced labor in Xinjiang. You know what I mean? It's right. just ridiculous. Yeah, so I mean, because you can't go to Xinjiang. You can't go to China right now. So this is not a third-party symposium. You yeah. know what they should have, though, for the Guli sisters? They should have a symposium. <laughs> symposium. <You know? laughs> I one. love that. That's actually very good. Cool. You should probably hit them with a cotton if they're. Yeah, gonna oh yeah, of cotton. course. Sorry about that. Um, so anyway, uh, just want to I just want to say, JEHS says, any thoughts on how Australia can get the port of Darwin back from the CCP at PLA? Just do it. Yeah, I think that there's some talks about that, to be honest, and I like that. I, I really do like the fact that uh, they might be revoking that. Yes. I mean, there's a possibility. We're going to be talking about Australia quite a yeah, bit we'll, today. We'll, we'll get into the meeting. Um, okay, we've actually got... Um, I'll some, get to you guys in a minute. Yeah, we, we've got something else that we have to just tell you guys that uh, we just want to say thank you. Um, the reason we read out those Super Chats, we want to say thank you. We have had, as you can see, over the past... Uh, you guys Four might videos. think, yeah. You guys might think these videos are from a long period of time, and I just specifically chose ones that got demonetized. Nope. This is so we do four videos a month. Yes. Right? This is four videos. The past four videos that we've done, three of them were three of them got demonetized. Actually, claimed copyright claimed. Yeah. By none other than, than the, the Chinese, Chinese government. government. So, <laughs> what they've been doing that. is manually going through our videos, and mm-hmm. anytime we show Chinese media mm-hmm. or anything like that. Then they'll use that, and then they know that we're not going to fight it because when you fight it, you have to take it to court. Yeah, it's a long it's process. A long process. Yeah. So we just get demonetized. It, the weird thing is, before you know what they used to do is claim all the money from the videos. Now mm. they just don't let us monetize it. Mm. So it's really weird. Well, I mean, if you do see adverts popping on up on those, it does go to the. We don't. Yeah, it goes to the. Chi- it literally goes to the Chinese government. <laughs> it's so. really annoying. Anyway. Um, Whatever, guys. We just wanted to let you know how important money. how important your yeah. support is by just watching our videos, sharing them out, and of course the the generous people that are uh, you know super chatting us. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. You really are making a massive Thank difference. Thank you. All right. So um, we like I said, we've got this um, this is this, this is thing creepy. coming up, but we've got something here which is actually very worrying. Okay. Yeah. There's this, this song, and there's a little bit of a history behind this. You see. 
China often, and it's part of their whole political, you Pull know, up what, your notes so we can get it yeah, right. I'll, I'll get the notes here. But the, the fact of the matter is, whenever there's a big political shift in China, let's say now Xi Jinping's about to get his new, um, you know, his renewal, his, throne. his renewal of his dictatorship or whatever. There are factions within the Chinese Communist Party that are trying to vie for power, okay? So there is a little bit of uh, uncertainty there. So what they do is every time there's a new thing is they rile up this nationalism by saying that they're going to take back Taiwan. Because this has been something that's been going on since the Communist Party took over China. They failed to take back Taiwan. And so it's always been a very big talking point for them. We're going to take back Taiwan. We're going to reunify. And at first, it's always by force. Now they're trying to say it's peaceful reunification. Whatever the case, they put out propaganda about taking back Taiwan every couple of years. Okay, And one thing that they've been doing now for a while is something to do with high-speed rails. Okay, So we're going to play a little bit of this song in the background, and then I'm going to explain to you what's going on. So take a look at this song. Let me just quickly make sure that our audio is going to work. One second. Uh, okay, that should be fine. Okay, let's take a look. Now we spread this, sped this up we to did. make it sound ridiculous, so we don't get claimed. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we might be lucky. Yeah. So. Okay. Now, um, I think the important thing for us to take a look over here. It says Zuo Shang Na Dong Chi. So we're gonna take the high speed rail to Taiwan. Okay. So we're gonna take the high speed rail to Taiwan. That's pretty much. The, the be all and the end all of this video. So mm. they're showing the China high-speed rail train. It says, we're going to take uh, the high-speed rail to Taiwan. Now, first of all, is that possible? That is not possible. Why? Well, this is actually just a ploy for reunification. So sure. it is not possible because it is separated by the Taiwan Strait, by, which is like an the, ocean. By the sea. And also, but there's islands in between. But mm. what they... Uh, we have some yeah, notes I, here, right? I'll read the notes yeah. in a minute. Let's just take a look at some more of this. Uh, this is a pop song, by the way. Yeah. It says by 2035. So they've got a date now. 2035. So, I'm going to take the high-speed rail in 2035 to Taiwan. Right. That's what they're saying. So I'll read the notes here before we continue. Um, so why does this pop song exist? They Okay, basically, the, the high-speed rail is going to be... This is It's been planned out. It's going to go from Pingtan, Fuzhou, which is uh, in Fujian province, to Taipei, Taiwan. Okay. And it is in the National Comprehensive Third Transportation Network Planning Outline put out by the Central Committee of the CCP. So this is what you get on ADV podcasts that you don't get elsewhere. We're going to go through and break down why they made this. <laughs> now, previously, they've, they've made a thing about this in 2004 and in 2008. Where yeah, they so they've, done, planning. they've done two propaganda mm-hmm. campaigns about how they're going to, by 2004, finish a rail network that will after reclaiming Taiwan be a possibility. So they did that prior to that and say, by 2004, blah, blah, blah. Then they did it again, but oh, by 2008. And then you can see it in this one. It's by 2035. Yeah, exactly. So um, they do this every time to kind of um, underhandedly threaten reunification. Right. Because they've got like a professor, Li Fei, of a Chinese research center, which says, this is all part of their like announcement about this planning. And he says that... uh, an underwater tunnel to Taiwan is feasible, it's logical, but not politically viable, but will be viable after reunification. So now you can kind of get a taste of why this song exists. So it's made for the explicit purpose of saying they're going to reunify and take over Taiwan. Okay, now the lyrics, as we heard in the beginning, now let's just hear a little bit more here for a second, quickly. 
去看看那外婆澎湖湾，还有那娇艳娘对岸。Deposit, so we don't get claimed. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think we're avoiding it thus far. Okay,、enough. I mean, let's let's just fast forward a little bit. Basically, they're showing off all the、uh, beautiful. Sorry, let's go back. They're showing off all the beautiful、um, tourist spots in Taiwan. Because、mm-hmm. you know, Taiwan is very well known. We've been there obviously multiple times. It's a beautiful place. You lived there for a year. There's so many beautiful, well-known spots, even well-known throughout mainland China.、Mm-hmm. Um, But now they're mixing in the mainland China tourist spots in this、That's、music、correct. video to kind of say that it's just another part of China. So we're、That's、going to visit、correct. all these beautiful spots in Taiwan as as if they're just another tourist spot in China. And within this music video, this is an official music video, by the way, put out by the state. Yeah, it's got、um, you know the high speed rails. It actually has、uh, flat Chinese flags in it. You know the the red Chinese flags. It's got Tiananmen Square in it. All that kind of stuff. So it's trying to say this is just fact. It belongs to us. It's kind of like some crazy ex-boyfriend trying to say that his ex-girlfriend belongs to him, type thing. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. crazy thing. Yeah. So last time we talked about that real estate article that was put out there, it was like, after we take back Taiwan, where can you get the best real estate in、exactly. Taiwan? And we are creeped out by that kind of stuff. But then when you have state back songs coming out saying like, yeah, we're gonna bring our full family over to Taiwan. Yeah, back we're just when gonna we reclaim it. Yeah. Military oh, force. oh, it's just like we're just gonna jump on the high-speed rail and go and seal the sites in Taiwan, which we're gonna get to now in a second because. It's actually it's getting more devious than just this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not like this. Yeah. It's really bad vibes. They've got like Zhongguo Meng posting、yeah, all this propaganda crap. It's a shit song, by the way. Oh, of course. It's not even worth laughing at. But it's actually kind of creepy. Yeah. The creepy part though is this: is now they're using kids. They've got kids singing this song. Okay. Let's go militarily destroy and murder everyone in Taiwan, and then we'll take, take it, it over, and then we can take the high-speed rail there. Yeah. So okay, <laughs> here we、trip. got the kids singing the same song, waving the Chinese national flag. By the way, for those yeah, of you, yeah, let's can't go on the high-speed rail to Taiwan. We've got like a, a group of kids here all singing. We're gonna do it in 2035. Yeah. We're gonna go and see the.、Uh, Ali Mountain,、yeah. which is a very famous mountain in Taiwan, it's beautiful. There, we've been there. Yep.、Um, and see the mag, see the magic of the Sun Moon Lake, which is another very famous,、uh, you know. Yeah. It basically, you get the idea. Yeah. So what they're doing here is they're saying, "Oh, we're just going to hop on the high-speed rail and go look at all these beautiful spots in our Taiwan type thing in 2035." Again, it's this group. It's grooming. Yeah. It's grooming the populace. And it's also a, like a, what's it called a defense mechanism because then they can say oh we're definitely going to because then people people aren't going to question be like when are we going to take back Taiwan you keep promising that we're going to go militarily take over Taiwan we'll give them a song that says oh yeah we will and by this date you know、yeah. and you groom them you get them ready and comfortable with the idea that they're going to be murdering. It's terrible. It's like, oh, we're just going to take it over.、Yeah. It's like teaching your kids, like, oh, we're going to go take over the Navajo reservation. We're going、right. to turn it into a shopping mall, you、right. know. And you're making the kids that militarily, live, yeah, like <laughs> live nearby. We're going to invade the Navajo, you know, reservation、right. and completely flatten it and put in a, a shopping mall or like you know, a neighboring country. That is the most passive-aggressive crap you could ever do.、Yeah. Is what they're doing,、yeah. and they're teaching it to kids to sing. It's like, oh, it's a kids' song. Let's get all our kids to wave flags and sing it. It's just, it's horrible. It's warmongering. It's awful. And that's just what the CCP. He does. Yes. Anyway, we thought we'd bring that to light. Agreed.、Um, and、uh, I, th- I think, look, we're going to get into this interview now, okay? Because it's a good, solid interview. But before we do,、uh, let's just do a couple more super chats. Sure. 
Um, what have you got? Sorry. Okay. Um, Peter Daszak has better use his best manners. Oh, what? Oh, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, if he's to continue getting caught in money from the CCP. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, there we got that. Yeah. All right. Can I have some thoughts on the relationship with the current German government with the Chinese regime? Thank you for your unique channel. Yeah, Michael, that's uh, a good question. Now, with Germany, they still have to adhere to all the alliances that they have in the West. Mm. At the same time, their economy is very fragile if you're talking about how much business they do with China. Yeah, especially the automotive industry. Yeah, so when you have like VW and all these big automotive companies, they've invested so much and they paired themselves so much with China that it's even more of a band-aid ripoff than other Western countries like the US. You know, unfortunately, um, you know China has this massive navy, right? Yes. Lots of warships and stuff. It turns out that the majority of the Chinese navy are using German engines. Yeah. And, and it's because of some loophole, because yeah. theoretically Germany's not allowed to sell China military like no. stuff to use in their military. Because they're part of the EU. But what they do is they label it as dual use. So this engine is supposed to be used for this, but it can theoretically be used in a military application. But that's not its main purpose. But that is its main purpose. So that's kind of sneaky and and shitty. We saw honest. Merkel cozying up way too hard with the CCP. Hopefully, what what's happening now is going to be a shift in that. We've seen the German populace in general be very much opposed to the CCP. Yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. say it. I'm not a big fan of Merkel at all. No, she's not done a great job. No, in terms I think she's, of done, she's been pretty bad to Germany in, in general. Yeah, sure. You know? But that's just me. You know, yeah. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, I just know about the China perspective. Yeah. I yeah. uh, actually spoke to some politicians in Germany. I did a, a symposium. Yeah, you did, did you? Remember that? Yeah. And, and uh, we talked about, about China in general. And this general shift in Germany, mm -hmm. at least the, amongst the popular parties, is that the Chinese influence in the Euro in Europe is not good, and yeah. then also a decoupling, not decoupling, but something a more intelligent strategy to deal with China must be enacted because what ha what's happening in Germany right now is not good. Cool. Let's do one more super chat, and yep. then we're bringing in Pavlou. Um, Power Shift says, "Really enjoy the latest ADV China videos. Um, thank you. Well, I'll get the last next That's question. Great. Sorry. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. okay. Excellent. So, guys, um, without further ado, we're going to hit Soft Power Hour, where we talk about how China is taking over uh, the way you think and the way your country works, especially in regards to Australia. We've been saying it here on the show for a long time that." Australia belongs to China. And from any outside perspective, if you've been, I know Australians might not see it as clearly as someone from the outside, but when you're looking at what the relationship between China and Australia has been for, for decades now, you've slowly seen China influence Australia and pretty much steamroll the country into being its yeah. bitch. Yeah. I'm sorry to say, I can't put it in a, in a nicer way than that. But, you know, from the beginning with the milk powder uh, Daigo situation where mm -hmm. they just strip everything off the shelves to send back to China where the locals couldn't get milk powder, you know, the form, infant formula for their own babies, to, to just the absolute craziness of the port of Darwin being sold out to the Chinese and leased out to them, big tracts of land, farming stuff, the real estate, the government being influenced by bribes, and, and the fact that you've got a united front-linked member of parliament there, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's crazy when you look at it from the outside. And I guess when you're in Australia, you're just like, ah, oh, this is just a normal day, you know? Uh, anyway, so we thought we'd bring probably Australia's biggest hope onto the show, Drew Pavlov. So without further ado, Pavlou. sorry, Pavlou, you're gonna have to forgive me there, uh, mate. You know, that's kind of that's how we talk <laughs> sorry, about you dear. in the in, in the you know in the office here. We're always like, what's what's <laughs> what's Pavlov up to today? Obviously, we mean Pavlou. So let's yeah. bring in Pavlou. Let's do it.
Yeah, before we before we actually ask you any questions, it'd be cool for you to just introduce yourself, you know, for those of you who maybe don't know who you are. Yeah, of course. So my name is Drew Pavlou. I'm a human rights activist in Brisbane, Australia. I'm 22 years old. Um, I sort of fell into this because I organised one protest to support Hong Kong and the Uyghurs. And um, I was assaulted on campus by Chinese nationalists and hundreds of Chinese nationalists sort of descended upon us. After that happened, the Chinese Consul General in Brisbane, who was also made a professor at my university, they have very close ties with the Chinese government. Um, he endorsed the violence, saying it was patriotic. My family received all these death threats. Um, and I kept on sort of protesting. Eventually, the university, uh, the University of Queensland, and they have a relationship with China worth $300 million a year. They uh, actually tried to expel me. So that became this huge sort of, uh, I don't know, saga in Australia. And I'm still here, you know, two, almost two and a half years since the first punch where I got punched, um, still kicking. And um, now we're running for parliament and we've got a young multicultural party. We've got a young Hong Konger Australian running with us, Max Mock. He's going against Gladys Liu, a Liberal Party MP who has uh, significant links to the Chinese Communist Party's United Front Network. And we've got two great Uyghur young women running for us in South Australia. And they're the first Uyghurs to run. As far as we we know, they're the first Uyghurs to run in a democratic election anywhere in the entire world. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to... We've... we've continue to take on the Chinese Communist Party, still kicking, and, you know, became this whole... It, it sort of has slowly uh, taken over my life. Great. Yeah. Now, you actually told kind of what the first question was, the whole, how did this oh. all kick off? Can you go back to the moment where all of this shit kind of hit the fan? Yeah. So I never once tried to... Um, I, I never set out to be an activist related to China whatsoever it sort of just it honestly almost happened on a whim like i was watching people at the university of queensland um there's a big student group and people were posting in the student group in the lead up to the 30th anniversary of the tiananmen square massacre um there were you know chinese students who were posting um defenses of the of the massacre what the government did um and I was watching what was happening in Hong Kong. This was 2019. Watching, you know, these young people my age getting bashed and brutalized by Chinese police, Hong Kong police. And I had been aware of what was happening with the Uyghurs for a, a, a while at that point. I was reading um, about the concentration camps and I'd studied the Rwandan genocide in school. And I'd always sort of made a pact with myself if, you know, genocide occurs again in my lifetime, which it will, because it's this like evil recurrence that keeps on happening. Like I, I wanted to make sure that I would not be one of those people who looked the other way. Mm. And so with all that happening in 2019, I tried to just on a whim almost, I organized a small protest at the University of Queensland where I was studying. Um, and it was basically a protest against the university's ties with the Chinese government, trying to support Hong Kong, trying to support Uyghurs. 
And um, it was the first protest I'd ever organized in my life. It was really disorganized. I had like literally 10 mates who just came along with me. Um, I slept in on the morning of the protest. Um, I like was not prepared at all. And um, I was like one hour late to my own protest. It was such a small, it was such a small sort of like, um, you know, almost insignificant affair. And yet the night before the protest, there had been Chinese international students at UQ who were threatening to kill me if I went ahead with it and saying, we'll kill your mother. And I didn't, I, I couldn't accept that. I, I just, with my personality, um, with those people, when they were threatening to kill me, threatening to kill my mum, if I went ahead and protest against the Chinese government in Australia, um, like just, I just Googled, uh, you know, insults in Mandarin and I just copied and pasted <laughs> what I found on Google. Right. So like, I, I just, you know, these people were trying to threaten me. They were trying to say, you know, if you go ahead with the protest, kill your mum. I just was like, fuck you. I'm going to go ahead with it anyway. Mm. I didn't even think anything would happen. I just thought, I just thought, oh, just, you know, it's online stuff. We went ahead with it. And then, you know, everything was normal for like an hour. And as I said, it was a very small protest. We only had 10 people. It was pretty disorganized. And almost just as we were about to, you know, um, end up, um, like two Chinese men came from different directions and they, you know, grabbed my megaphone, smashed it to the ground. I stood up trying to confront them. I'd never been in a fight in my life. And um, they just got me in the ribs, punched me in the mouth, threw me to the ground. I tried to get up again, you know, like they just smashed me back down. And um, and then we realized we'd been surrounded on all directions. So, you know, the ultimate police estimate on the day of the number of Chinese nationalists who had come to sort of like attack us, the police estimate was 600 to 700-ish. Yeah. So... And this was for a protest that, like, initially, you know, started out with 10 people on our side. Mm. And um, they started playing the Chinese um, national anthem on a boom speaker literally the second that I got attacked. So it was, like, coordinated. Mm. Um, <clears throat> because we'd been surrounded on all sides, you know, my small crew, we didn't have anywhere to sort of retreat to or, like, we couldn't watch our back. So one of these guys um, in a skeleton teeth mask, this was another guy, another Chinese international student, um... Well, I don't think that they were students. I think the guys who attacked us were actually like probably sent from the consulate. Mm -hmm. I think because um, the, the consulate, you know, endorsed the violence the next day. But, you know, this guy in the skeleton teeth mask, he came up behind me, punched me in the back of the head while my back was turned, um, knocked me to the ground, a coward punch. Mm. Um, we were, you know, we have a saying in Australia, one punch can kill. Those types of um, those type of coward punches, when – you know, if if someone is knocked out and they they you know collapse the floor, their head hits the ground, they die. You yeah, know, yeah, happens. So it was, it was really dangerous stuff what they were doing these guys, and they poured um they poured yellow liquid that smelled like uh you know smelled of phlegm, like that's yeah. spat it. You know, like they poured that over us. Um, mm. A security guard who tried to like you know separate us. Uh, he was bitten, so I saw a photo of a security guard's hand that you know had a big, you know, wow. bite mark out of it. Just, it was crazy the violence that happened that day. There were Hong Kongers who were choke slammed to the ground. You know, at least two students from mainland China who were on our side, who were like pro democracy demonstrators alongside us. Within 24, 48 hours, Chinese security police had visited their families and basically threatened them if. 
because I guess they were photographed alongside us at the protest mm. and that yeah the Chinese security police basically threatened their families if you're seen if your son's seen uh, protesting in Brisbane Australia at the University of Queensland again there'll be consequences um, and and you know I went home that day my parents were apoplectic they were so so angry that I had done this because like mm. you know just like quiet sort of like Greek fruit shop um, owners mm. um, really just didn't want me to get involved in activism or politics whatsoever they were so angry and upset and um basically you know i woke up the next day and my accounts had 400 500 abusive messages all across mm. them death threats really vile stuff saying we'll kill your mum we'll kill you we'll kill you we'll hire hitmen on the dark web we'll rape your mum in front of you we'll torture your mum in front of you that sort of thing really really vicious stuff and a lot of racist stuff as well saying you know uh Australia is the white trash of Asia. That was what they were saying. Um, you know, yeah, calling me a white pig. Other ones were calling me, and this is an interesting one, you know, um, an insult that sometimes has been used in Australia against, um, you know, Greek Australians and Italian Australians and stuff is wog. And, mm. um, yeah, like there were some even like Chinese accounts I was saying, you're a dirty wog and things like that. Like just really crazy, vicious, racist stuff as well as the death threats. Um and basically the Chinese Consul General, um, who the University of Queensland had just that month made an honorary professor, they gave him an honorary doctorate for his services to Chinese literature. It turns out he was just literally state security in China, like probably just persecuting dissidents. You know, mm. great great writer, of course, you know. Sure. All, yeah, all his great contributions to Chinese poetry, etc. Zhu Zhe, um, he was, he had actually put out a statement um, whether it was in his capacity as consul general or whether it was in his capacity as an honorary professor of the University of Queensland, he had actually endorsed, um, he basically endorsed the violence by saying, um, we, we endorse the self-motivated patriotic behavior of the Chinese students who opposed the separatists. And Global Times had put my photo up saying, this is the leader of the separatist rally. So he meant me, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And as we would all know, separatism is death penalty offense in China. Yeah. So, yeah, like this this is how it all started, you know, and uh, just with my kind of personality, um, again, you know, I, I've never set out whatsoever to be an activist regarding China, but just with my personality, I was like, how dare these guys in Australia try and say that I can't speak out for Uyghurs, Hong Kongers, how dare they try and extend their repression here to a democracy i'm going to speak up even louder fuck these mm. cunts basically yeah and, uh, <laughs> yeah and i mean that's just how it all happened you know and so i just kept on going kept on going um and you know so i've now i've since been you know attacked by you know the tankies and the pro ccp people sure. they go they go oh drew was just in it for the fame blah 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 mm -hmm. well you know there are easier ways to get fame than go <laughs> Chinese government, you know, sure. you could just make TikToks. You could just go on a nudie run through a stadium, you know. Sure. Like, it is so much easier to get fame if you just want. If that was your end goal, you can just do that. You know, make funny videos. You don't have to go after the Chinese government because honestly, those first six months were hell. Um, you know, my parents were not speaking to me in the same home, so you know, I almost lost my entire family relationship because. It, you know, my parents, they love me so much and they've been so supportive to me since. But that first, you know, that first whole thing that, I mean, the start of it, it was such a, 
it, you know, they were panicked. They were so worried for me. They wanted me to stop because they were scared for my safety. They were scared for the family's safety. And um, they were trying to make me stop. And um, I guess, you know, we just didn't have a relationship for six months. And um, I lost almost my entire friendship group at the same time because so many people, you know, a lot of them were like, wow, now you're now you're becoming this right wing anti-China racist and stuff like that. Because, sure. you know, I'm, I'm on a uni campus. They're kind of like, you know, uni campus are pretty work, whatnot. Lost almost my entire friendship circle. It was, you know, it was people who were going, oh, suddenly you're this right wing racist. But also it was it was also people who were like, oh, you know, I don't want to be associated because I'm worried about what the university might do to me, what mm. what, um, you know, the consequences might be for my career. Lost almost my entire friendship circle, almost lost my family relationship. Um, you know, it was a really lonely, hard six months. And um, I basically couldn't really continue with the part-time work that I'd been doing to support myself through university. So I was just basically, I was just basically tutoring high school kids on the top, on the side. Um, and I basically lost that. Cause like, you know, what parents going to hire an enemy of the Chinese state to tutor their kid? <laughs> um, yeah. So I lost that. So basically for six months, um, you know, I was completely broke. My family wouldn't talk to me, even though we we're under the same roof. I almost lost my entire friendship circle. Um, and then the university started going after me, you know, so, so like people go, Oh, you did it for fame, blah, blah, blah. So many easier ways to go for fame. It was just for me. I got to tell you, just for, I got to tell you, first of all, welcome to the club. Okay. You're now on the shit list of the CCP and you're on the shit list of the Wumals and the tankies and all of this. We, we know exactly what you, you went through because it's happened to us. Let it be on this day of November that we anoint you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, look, that's that's why we, we admire you so much is because there are very few people that stand up against this kind of abuse. And that's why they do this. It's very effective. They go after yeah. the families. They go after you in such a way that it deters anyone from speaking out. And so it's very few people can actually withstand that amount of abuse and mental uh, attacks and so on. And that's just the way they work. And it's disgusting. Yeah. That's how they control the narrative about China around the entire world. And as you can see yourself in Australia, if they do that to you, how many other people have they discouraged before they even got started? You know, of course, of course, like because in a, you know, and, you know, it continued because like after like they they actually pressured, they put out Global Times releases Mm -hmm. Um, basically calling for the University of Queensland to expel me as a student because Global Times is Chinese have, state media for everyone out there. Yeah. Yeah, like basically they're frothing at the mouth like nationalist psycho mm. state media. Mm. And, you know, they were basically um, calling for my head, calling for me to be expelled from the university. The university's relationship with China was $300 million a year. Mm. Still, it, you know, that's a billion-dollar relationship over a five, ten-year period. Sure. And so the university then went after me. So, like... In the intervening period, I kept on going. I got elected to the university of the university senate, which runs the university, because the vice chancellor, the chancellor, and the vice chancellor, keep in mind Peter Hoy, he had actually been awarded by the Chinese government in 2015 the most outstanding individual of the year award, um, like wow. by Hanban, the the institute that runs Chinese runs the Confucius Institutes. Right. They've made him the most outstanding individual of the year. He was on the board of Hanban that ran Confucius Institutes worldwide. And they made him most outstanding individual of the year. And China's vice premier 
gave him an award at a ceremony in Shanghai or something like that wow. um, for his efforts promoting Confucius Institutes worldwide, which we all know are propaganda institutes yeah. controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. So it then came out that, you know, at UQ, the Confucius Institutes were teaching, you know, there were four courses that they had funded. Um, and these courses asked students whether um, Hong Kong protesters could be considered terrorists. And they also asked students um, whether the crackdown on on Uyghurs was justified as an anti-terror response. So, for example, we've seen like the PowerPoint slides that they were teaching kids with, and like it was like before talking about you know the the one million who've been rounded up in concentration camps, the torture, the systematic rape that's going on. It was basically like a, a like a dot point slide of um, how many Uyghurs were charged with terror offences, like um, you know the terror attacks that had been carried out by Uyghurs, etc. So basically, just like they were teaching the Chinese government's uh, narrative about these atrocities at an Australian university campus. The University of Queensland is supposed to be one of the top 100 universities in the world. They say that they're one of the best universities in Australia. And this was what they were teaching on campus. Yeah. And this was what Peter Hoy had actually been um, presiding over. So he wouldn't meet with me. So I was like, okay, I'm running for the university Senate so that he has to meet with me. And I got in, the students elected me as their representative. It was a landslide. And great. Yeah, you know, the greatest we've ever seen. And I sat right across from him at the first University of Queensland Senate meeting nice. of the year, right, right beside him. <laughs> Peter Varghese, the Chancellor of the University, who um very, very, you know, pro China. So his brother has, you know, was the CEO of a company that signed a huge billion dollar deal mm. with a Chinese development company headed by United Front figures. And Peter Varghese um, he was also the, um, he was previously the head of the Department of Foreign Affairs in Australia before he became the Chancellor of the University. And, you know, you know, wind back 10 years, he'd been a top advisor to the, to John Howard when, um, he said there are WMDs in Iraq, invade Iraq. So, you know, one of the greatest guys of the 21st century, this Peter Varghese. Sure. And, um, yeah, yeah, this, this is, these are the two that sort of like, presided over the entire attempt to expel me, Peter Varghese and Peter Hoy. Mm. One guy got awarded by the Chinese government, literally had a medallion strung around his neck in Shanghai by China's vice premier for his efforts promoting pro Chinese propaganda internationally. Mm -hmm. The other guy, um, he basically encouraged the Australian prime minister at the time uh, to invade Iraq about WMDs. And his brother uh, is the CEO of a company, was the CEO of a company that signed a billion dollar deal with Chinese property development company headed by United Front Links. So, you know, these are the two stooges who then presided over the attempt to try and expel me at the university. They spent half a million dollars at the very least. <laughs> that, so they admitted to the parliament, they spent 350,000, something like that, mm. on three law firms and two PR crisis management firms. Um, and this was only what they admitted to at, on external funding. So for example, all the internal university hours that they spent because um, they had their own internal lawyers and stuff like that. All up, it probably gets up to a million dollars. We did a freedom of information request. They had compiled in just two, three months, um, like up to 15,000 pages worth of internal correspondence and research and documents on me at the university. So they put me under like sort of total surveillance. They went through my entire social media history trying to find anything they could use that they could say, oh, that breaches the student charter. Mm. So, you know... <clears throat> You know, they, they go back, they find a fight that I had with another student at the university online. How many times does that happen a day 
on a sure. campus of 55,000 people. So, <laughs> sure. yeah, UQ, 55,000 students. How many times do students get on get into bits with one another online? But they were bas- they basically com- compiled this 186-page expulsion document against me. Some of the charges were related to what I had said. I sa- I'd posted things like, as a UQ senator, I stand with the people of Hong Kong against the Chinese government. They literally were saying that was destroying the university's reputation. They said I should be expelled because a Chinese international student had written to the university saying I'm withdrawing from my courses because of what Drew has posted. <laughs> Have a I look. Mean... And, uh, yeah, and and some of the charges were absolutely ridiculous. Like, for example, I they had actually charged me with the offence of theft or whatever because I'd taken a pen off a campus art shop shelf I'd taken a pen from a campus art shop's shelf, taken a note with the pen and put it back on the shelf and left the store, a $2.50 pen I didn't pay for. And the university was saying, um, we have, we've we got to expel Drew. This is a level three most serious offense. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're using a little bit of lead out the pencil. <laughs> yeah. And look, look, to be fair, it was, um, it was uh, a felt pen, you know, to be fair. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so there was a bit of ink that was used, but... But basic and and you know un, the universities, they tried to have this a whole confidential affair. So they put on the top of the document, confidential. You cannot talk about this entire proceeding. They right. said I couldn't have a lawyer present at the proceedings, and I just thought to myself, hmm, what happens if I just talk about it? Mm. So, <laughs> so, so I um, just went public completely, huge public campaign, and then pretty soon it spiraled out of control for UQ. Um, they had to let me, they were saying, oh, you can't have a lawyer present at the proceedings. You can have one support person. And then one of Australia's top lawyers came in and he said, I'll represent you for free. Tony Morris. <laughs> nice. He, he was, um, the youngest person appointed a silk in the 20th century in the Commonwealth. So like silks are like the most, you know, you know, the most senior lawyers or whatever. He was actually like 32 when they p- appointed him a silk. And he was a silk for longer than I've been alive. And Tony Morris came in and he said, I'll help you for free. And I was because when I, when I met with him, I was like, I sure you, you're going to help me for free. Cause I can't afford it. Like, like we met and I told him my story and he was like, yep, we're going to help you. And I was like, Oh, cool. Awesome. Tony. And I was like, but you know, I don't have any money. And then it was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Like, you know, that's why I do this stuff. Like I, I take from the rich and then I, I help ordinary people. So <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, it was like, it's a Robin Hood type affair. So he came in and then we were like to the university. So my support person is just going to be the Tony Morris QC, like one of Australia's best lawyers. Um, You know, it's not going to be my mate down the shops. The support <laughs> person is going to be a top lawyer. And then they pissed themselves and, you know, it became this huge thing. Members of parliament started speaking up for me. Um, but then equally, there were a lot who just like tried to ignore me. Like I wrote to say the foreign ministry spokesperson of the Labour Party. Mm-hmm. Because not a single Labour Party MP in my in the state of Queensland would support me. My local MP wouldn't support me. I wrote to my local state MP, wouldn't support me. Um, and they often would they'd go, oh, well, you have to talk to our party's foreign ministry spokesman. I wrote to them, no, sorry, we don't we don't involve ourselves in internal uh, university disciplinary matters. Blah blah blah. Um, so a lot of people did try and basically ignore me. A lot of people wouldn't help me. Um, I just was really lucky that I had Tony Morris. I had a couple MPs who really did back me. Mm-hmm. Um, it became this huge thing in Australia, I suppose, and it even made New York Times, Wall Street Journal, mm. LA Times, mm. the BBC. Like it actually became international news because um, it was so just so brazen what the university was doing. Like mm-hmm. 
they yeah. were they were trying to say that their official position that they were trying to put to the public was oh well we're we're it's got nothing to do with China. We're expelling Drew because he took the pen off the shelf. And like no, not a single person, you know, with any brains could ever believe that I was getting expelled from the University of Queensland and they're spending half a million dollars on these top law firms. They, they were, they're spending money on PR crisis management firms because like, some guy took a pen off the shelf uh, <laughs> and stole, stole 20 cents worth of ink by putting it back on the shelf and not, it was crazy. It was crazy. And so, they try, but still, it was like they had a death drive, you know, mm. and it didn't make any sense um, unless you considered, you know, well, they're just doing this because the Chinese Communist Party is telling them to do it. Yeah. Because, because mm. on like rationally, it made absolutely no sense. No. Like, because by going after me, they smashed their reputation in Australia. Like, like there were, like, mm. like there were people who were running campaigns and they were saying like, you know, we. There was like a big movement, I guess, among like, say, you know, people who had graduated from UQ in the past, alumni, they were like, we're never donating to UQ again, based on mm. this. And like, there were there were hundreds, if not thousands of people who contacted the university, wrote to the university, literally a former prime minister of Australia uh, intervened, he like literally put out a statement saying the university and Peter Varghese are bowing the knee to China. And this was Kevin Rudd, who's not really known as a big sort of like anti-CCP person. You know, Kevin Rudd, he was putting out a statement saying the university is bending their knee to China. Mm. It was it, like every single – it was New York Times. Like ordinarily a university in Australia would kill someone to get in the New York Times. And they were getting in the New York Times, <laughs> but it wasn't positive press. You know? <laughs> no, no. It was it – was, this university in Australia is trying to expel a student who's been a vocal critic of their relationship with China. And no one believes that the, the case against him is not politically motivated. Mm. So it became this huge thing. Um, and again, people were like, oh, you're doing it for the fame. Well, man, it was a huge mental toll on me, though. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I had fun. I had fun just like really going after them because my whole personality, every time someone tries to bully me, like I want to speak up louder. Sure. And so like I, I had fun in the sense that like I was so glad that like I didn't give in and I could go up against these people, even though it was like, you know, against all the odds, like. Like these people had to be exposed. I was really happy I could try and actually campaign with that. But ultimately, though, it did have a huge mental toll. Like I remember when I first got that 186-page expulsion document in the email, and at the top it said confidential. Like if you talk about this, you know, there will be consequences. Like mm -hmm. at that point I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I thought my life was over, you know. Mm -hmm. At that point I wasn't even thinking, oh, I'm going to go public. Like I just thought, oh, my God, my life's over. Because it's 186 pages you go through, and it's just like – it's just the worst stuff they could ever like put together. Like, like the pen. Oh, Drew called someone a cunt. Oh, Drew, <laughs> look at this screenshot. Look at this screenshot of Drew swearing. Like, mm. like it was really vicious what they did. Like, mm. I lost a friend in to suicide. Um, literally three months before the. So like you know UQ, they knew I'd struggled with the death threats. They knew that I'd struggled with the whole attacks on my family, and they knew as well. That like just like two three months before a fellow UQ student a friend of mine had actually died in a suicide that was really huge public news in Australia because it was like tied to a protest and look like the university like like he, he tragically lost his life in January and within a couple of days there had been trolls who had been attacking me about his death saying like like basically like basically they were um 
they were, were they blaming were like, you were they trying to tie you yeah. to tie yeah, you to like, his death blaming me and mocking me over the death and like and basically like it was some of the most vicious stuff you could ever imagine right oh dude and, this happens to us all the time we understand what you're going through they use tragedies yeah. like that and they try to do this guilt by association it's another way of them trying to dissuade you from speaking out so they try like, to make like, you feel as if you're responsible for some kind mm-hmm. of tragedy in order to try and shut you up it's just one of the many tactics they use yeah it just it just look it was just really vicious like i've been dealing with vicious attacks for, mm-hmm. and like abuse for like two and a half years now you know and mm-hmm. that was some of the most vicious and bu- brutal i'd received mm-hmm. and the and i had responded as you know any tough-minded young person would respond to in a way like, like i i think anyone would respond the same way i did if they you know if it's a couple days after their mate's tragic suicide and they're in a very dark place and people are trying to actually abuse them for it i just said eat glass you cunts to yeah. the people that did and what did the university do? They screenshot of me saying that. Remove the context of people trying to basically, sure. um, yeah. Like this is the most vicious stuff ever, you know. Yeah. And I, I was, I just was sitting there at the computer. I looked at the 186 page document. I saw that they had even used my response to people trolling me about my mate's suicide. That mm. even tried to use that against me. Like they could see the immediate preceding comments were actually like, were actually like, yeah like mocking me about a mate's suicide and attacking me and they just they ignored that and then they just said in a vacuum drew has just come out of nowhere and said eat glass and told these students what it like and they was trying to say that was a suicide that was they were trying to say that i had incited suicides Mm. and stuff like that by saying that so like it was such a vicious thing i looked at this expulsion document i was like oh my god my life's over so at that point you know my i you know, it was, I was glad that I could campaign against the university. I was glad it became a big public thing. But mm. initially, like, it was just such a hard thing. Well, that's so, you went through the hardest part. You know, that that specific time that, that you've pinpointed there. I mean, I've had, I had something very similar happen to me when I was 21 years old. But um, yeah. I know what it's like when all the wind is taken out of your sails and you feel like, you know, it's, it's a hopeless situation. The yeah. thing is... You yeah. you you got over that, okay? You you fought the hardest part of all of this. You yes. got over it, and so now there's nothing in the world that's going to stop you. You know exactly, man. Exactly, that's my entire mindset. Because I'm like, they they try, man. Like they even had. So for example, like as well when the expulsion document came out, um, and it was 186 pages, and I sent this to you know ABC, the Australian Public Broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I sent it to like. Like New York Times, Washington Post, um, like all the top papers in Australia, all the journalists read it and they were like, yes, this is politically motivated farce. Mm. But I, but at that stage, I couldn't publicly release the entire 186-page thing, right? Because there were names in it and stuff like that. Then the university – if I'd done that, the university would have gone after me harder going, wow, look, Drew's now trying to ch- name other students. and yeah. So, you know, I couldn't release it publicly. So there were like people in – like the student wings of the major parties in Australia who were trying to go to, who were going to like local MPs and stuff saying the reason Drew's not releasing the whole document is because it's rape allegations and stuff like that. Oh yeah, of so course like, they'd say that. Yeah. So so like and they just hated me from student politics or whatever. So like mm. this is this is the level of vicious stuff I was I was receiving. Like like I'd had death threats to my family, people saying they're gonna rape and kill my mum. I had people saying trying to do fake rape allegations against me. Mm. Like I had had people, um, yeah, basically mocking me over a friend's suicide, um, and 
yeah, like like the most vicious stuff ever. It, it's been two and a half years almost of hell, but it's like now I've gotten through to the other side. It's like I've weathered just fucking hell basically, and I've never. They try to go, oh, he's done it for money, he's done it for fame. Like, no, I've actually just weathered hell, and I've, like, never profited, really. I've never made any money from this. Like, I, I posted the other day, like, I've got 20 bucks in my personal account. Like, mm. like I just did this because I believe in the cause. I believe I want to support – like, I believe my Uyghur friends, I want to support them. I want to support Hong Kongers. I want to support Tibetans. I've seen my Uyghur friends be targeted for even being associated with me. Like, earlier this year – my emails were hacked by a Chinese IP address mm -hmm. and um, I had a transcript of an interview I'd done with my Uyghur friend in Australia and like he had talked about intimidation he had received from the CCP and how they abused his family back home and like we we worked out you know there was a certain date in January that they had gotten into my account it was like early January and like a couple days after that my Uyghur friend's mother back home had been taken to the concentration camps and it would, it was like, it was like, a, it was, she'd been harassed for many months, but it was a, it was kind of an unprecedented move and, yeah. and he didn't know why. And it was just like, and we worked out, you know, my emails had been hacked a couple of days before and they had that, and my tran the transcript of that interview was in my emails. Like we, yeah. we think they'll probably, they probably took his mum for it. Like, like it's just hell, you know, yeah. it's just hell. They've well, taken family members of my it's, friends. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Now, we need to move on um, from yeah, this. We need to move on to, to something different here. Firstly, though, um, I just want to get your opinion on something. Now, for the yeah. longest time, we've been talking about how Australia more or less belongs to China. Okay, that's something that's been a recurring thing that I've been talking about. I mean, we see the Chinese flag being raised above the, the Box Hill you know, police station. Uh, yeah. We see the fact that you've got a united front member as part of your parliament there. You know, yeah. all these dodgy business deals, everyone's being bought out by China. The fact that you're yeah. being, people like you are being attacked and censored by Chinese, that the Chinese consulate within China, yeah. you know. What is your take on all of this stuff? Oh, look, um, they're like the united front are so, so active in Australia. Um, and just basically through financial ties and through sheer brutal intimidation, thuggery and stuff like that against people who want to speak up. Like they have succeeded in making a lot of Australian politicians, you know, completely uh, shit scared of ever opposing the Chinese Communist mm. Party, speaking up against the atrocities that occur. Um, so many, like, like they've, they've managed to buy up huge institutions in Australian society. Like the, the university sector, like basically just through um, like the huge financial ties that have formed through like you know international students they've used international students as a cash cow like mm -hmm. and i feel like i feel so terrible for these students themselves because they're often just exploited like huge they, they're they're made to pay extortionate rates at the universities mm -hmm. and then they're like and they they oftentimes live in pretty tough to conditions like for example um with when the covid pandemic came around um like we we had to like we had to start we tried to do a hamper drive for, you know, international students and stuff like that because um, the university was trying to trumpet, trying to trumpet how, um, trying to trumpet how uh, charitable they were by offering uh, $25 hampers to international students who were going hungry and were like, okay, we're going to do it for free. So we delivered 250 free hampers to, um, to like international students. Many of them were Chinese international students. Um, people who were like going hungry because they couldn't work in Australia and they weren't access. They like, you can't work if you're an international student really. And also you can't really access welfare. And, you know, 
every you know things were things were really tough when that pandemic came around we were actually you know contrary to the chinese government which continues to say drew's this white supremacist racist i was getting you know charitable i was getting like hampers sent out to chinese international students who were going hungry during the pandemic mm. um it, yeah so like they, they're really exploited a lot of the times the universities use them as a cash cow and um the universities have just basically been completely bought up by the chinese communist party because for the University of Queensland, it's $300 million a year. University of Sydney, University of Melbourne. Like, you know, those three are supposed to be the best in Australia. University of Sydney, University of Melbourne, it's even more. Like, it's $500 million a year. Mm. So, you know, you think about this in terms of 10 years or more. A decade, Over a decade, their ties to the Chinese Communist Party, like their ties to China, which completely rely upon their ties to the Chinese Communist Party, they're worth mm. billions. Yeah. And the university vice-chancellors, they... Mm get their million dollar they get huge salaries 1.5 million dollars a lot of them like more than this more than the presidents of harvard more than the president you know more than the vice chancellor or the senior provost at oxford university etc like they, they're paid more than the australian prime minister and uh, the vice chancellors a lot of the time they have in their contracts key performance indicators they have to deepen ties with china so for yeah. example when i was on the university of queensland senate i was able to reveal to people that they had given him a $200,000 bonus for meeting that KPI, deepening ties with China. And they had listed, oh, he'd visited China four times in 20, 2018, blah, blah, blah. Like, look at how he's deepening ties with China. He got a $200,000 bonus. And um, and that, that was confidential. That was confidential. Like, I sent that to an MP who revealed it on the floor of parliament under parliamentary privilege. Mm. And um, and the and so the university couldn't go after me because it was, it was used with parliamentary privilege. Yeah. And it, and if they had gone after me, it would have been contempt of parliament. But but like I they they wanted that to be secret. They didn't want the public to know that they were going to give a $200,000 bonus to the vice chancellor who had all, all, earlier been awarded by the Chinese government for propaganda efforts. They were going to give him a $200,000 bonus for deepening ties with China. So the universities have been really bought off. Um, massive sections of the major parties, both young, both Labor and the Liberals have been bought off. Like Gladys Liu, as you know. Um, she's raised millions of dollars for the Liberal Party, and this is the Liberal Conservative government of Australia. They like to talk really tough on China, and yet Gladys Liu, in an interview, um, you know, in an interview on Sky News, she couldn't call Xi Jinping a dictator. She said, "Well, no, that's in their system. He's an elected chairman. Um, <laughs> she wouldn't, she wouldn't condemn yeah. atrocities, you know." And she, she was under investigation by ASIO, Australia's intelligence service, prior to entering Parliament. Um, she has, she was photographed with a guy who later ended up dead in a, in a Melbourne hotel room, um, mm. after he revealed that a Chinese businessman had offered him a million dollars to, infl to be elected to, to like get into parliament mm. and basically be like a CCP agent. So th this, this Chinese guy, he comes out and he says, I was offered a million dollars by a massive Chinese billion businessman to run for parliament, get elected. And, um, and then he turns up dead in a Melbourne hotel room under suspicious circumstances. Mm. And then there's Gladys Liu just like, you know, having dinner with him, just smiling like, wow, so, so normal, you know. There is something, something very important that I need to just say here. You know, yeah. before you came along, I'll be honest, I thought that Australians were a bunch of uh, sissies, basically, completely weak and just, you know, could not stand up against the CCP. Because for years now, I've been seeing, well, not only Australia, but Canada, too basically be taken over in plain sight by the Chinese government in so many ways, just being steamrolled. And yeah. everyone's just like, 
standing back and letting it happen. A lot of people are unhappy about it, but nothing's being said. That's why he's such a breath of fresh air. But here's the thing. You support, evidently, you support the people of Hong Kong. Uh, you support Tibetans, Uyghurs. You support, I, I presume you support the people of Taiwan as well. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. You know the people of Hong Kong, um, they're Chinese, right? And yeah. you know the people in uh, Taiwan, they're Chinese too, right? Um, so this whole label of being called a racist is is yeah. really boggling because um, if you were truly a racist, you would hate the people of Hong Kong and the people of Taiwan and the Uyghurs and the, well, Uyghurs are ethnically not not Chinese, but you know, yeah. they're, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. So the, this idea, uh, it's something that we face a lot as well, is it's the Chinese uh, Communist Party's trick is they've tried to kind of trick the world into believing that um, the Chinese government, the Ch the country of China and the Chinese people are one in the same thing. So that yeah. if you criticize the Chinese government, suddenly you're racist towards Chinese people. But of course, this isn't the case, because if that was the case, you would hate the people of Hong Kong and Taiwan and everything else. You know, well, so that that's I've always been, a crazy, crazy argument that they try to throw and, out there to, to label us racist. Yeah. And I've been banging on for for more than a year now. Like, mm -hmm. I really want to support humanitarian, like urgent humanitarian, like basically airlift programs, like trying to get Uyghurs, Hong Kongers, Tibetans, like mm -hmm. people and, and Chinese who are getting persecuted by the CCP. Like, I want to bring in as many of them as possible to Australia, like provide them safe haven and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I was this evil racist, why would I be supporting, like, you know, trying to get as many Uyghurs as possible who are facing genocide? Like, like. I, I just genuinely want to try and support, you know, this as I, I'm trying to support these humanitarian causes because I believe that all human beings are, you know, created equal and all human be all human life has value and should be protected. Um, and yeah, you know, nevertheless, though, like I'm I'm branded. Oh, he's a white supremacist. He's a racist. Like he's he's far right. He's a Nazi. He's Trump. Like even though I don't even like Trump, like. <laughs> You know, no, don't just, worry. That's it's the cheapest, lowest tactic that they can use, and it's fairly effective, you know, in today's yeah, woke it, culture. Oh. If you if you label someone a racist, immediately people are like, "Oh, wow, better be careful." Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous without even seeing any proof of you being a racist, which you obviously aren't. But yeah, um, Seamilk has some questions about your. Well, your before point. we get into the campaign, mm -hmm. I uh, I wanted to ask you something more positive, since this mm -hmm. has been the yeah. most doom and gloom <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, <laughs> That being said, I want to say I do I've heard worse. <laughs> no, I do commend you on your bravery and this fantastic stuff. I do wanted to ask you though, how does it feel? You're 22, right? Yeah. How does it feel as a 22 year old to absolutely fuck shit up? Because these people that are in positions of power that are just glaring over the populace like they can do whatever the hell they want, how does it feel to absolutely fuck fuck up their plans? Oh, it's awesome, man. It is so cool because, like, the university, they just thought I was, like, a bug to be squashed. And then suddenly, like, you know, they were having to have crisis meetings and stuff like that. I remember the first time I met Peter Varghese. He just was, like, smirking at me the entire time we had our meeting. And he was just, like, like talking down to me like I was a kid. I remember Peter Hoy, the vice chancellor of the university. Um, like, every time he'd talk to me, he'd smirk. Um, he called me a boy. So, like, later, later when I was walking home that night from – I was walking out of the UQ Senate meeting at the first UQ Senate meeting and then spent three hours trying to discuss whether I would ever be, whether, whether they'd refuse to let me get seated on the UQ Senate. Um, I was walking home and he got into, you know, his like, you know, deluxe, uh, I think it was his beautiful Audi or whatever, whatever it was, like this beautiful, like luxury car. And he winds down his window and was like, 
see your boys like because I was walking with like another student like <laughs> and, and at the same at the same meeting um he was sitting next to me and like I, I was talking about why I was really opposed to the Confucius Institute and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then he was like oh well done on your he's got a Scandinavian accent he's like well done on your activism Drew we just approved the Confucius Institute for five more years and then everyone just laughed and everyone was like <laughs> everyone was la- everyone was la- everyone at the UQ Senate meeting was laughing at me to my face and it's like a corporate board of like CEOs and judges and like top legal figures and just it was just stacked out with pro establishment types and they all just were like they're all just like look at this little like pipsqueak kid and I think they just thought like I would fucking crack because like mm. I went to that UQ Senate meeting where like like even before they tried to expel me, they had tried to intimidate me on the UQ Senate. So like they brought in their top legal firm to threaten me with bankruptcy. And then eventually they even threatened me with contempt of court proceedings because I had actually, um, I tried to release documents that were like crucial to my defense. And the university said, that's contempt of court. We'll, we'll prosecute you. We'll seek a three-year prison sentence. Mm-hmm. So they were threatening me with even jail time. And I think yeah. they just thought that I would crack because I was this young guy and stuff like that. And like, oh, what does he know? But like, man, I held my own against them, you know. I was I was running rings around Peter Hoy and Peter Varghese at these Senate meetings, and it really pissed them off because they're really egotistical guys who like to think they're the smartest people in the universe, mm. and yet, and yet, with all their smarts, with all their beautiful PhDs, blah blah, like they couldn't just see that it was immoral to do business with a regime carrying out genocide as we speak. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it was pretty fucking cool. Just basically, uh, really, really like just making fools of people who are just these establishment shills. They think they're the smartest people in the universe. They thought that I was this upstart pipsqueak kid that could just be cracked and brutalized and just squashed like a bug. And I just like really, really, really fuck shit up against them. Yeah, t- tell us tell us about your, so you did all this stuff. You suffered the, the storm, you weathered the storm. What are you doing now? Yeah, what it? am I doing now? So, um, so they got, in the end, I got suspended for six months. They were seeking a life prison. They were seeking a life sentence on me, you know, and we got it down to six months. But um, I just keep kept on going with my protests, kept on going with my organizing and everything. And now we're running our own party. So to start your own political party in Australia, it's a really tough process. So originally, a couple of months ago, you only needed 500 members to form your own party. And then all of a sudden the government, like, I don't know, we got to 500 members and then the government puts out a statement saying it's going to be 1,500 members. So we go out, we, we try to get to 1,500 members. We, go, we get there, um, but then you have to go through your membership list line by line, like by line, to make sure every single person is registered as an Australian voter. So you have to go to the Australian... So the major parties, they get access to the electoral data. They get access to the electoral role just by virtue of being an established party. But if you're someone like me who's trying to start their own, you have to go to the Australian Electoral Commission offices. You have to sit there at their little like shitty computer in the, this dingy office. And you just have to sit there nine to five the entire opening hours of the office and just go through line by line data entry. So just type in one of your member names, try search, find them on the electoral roll. Oh, yeah, they're not a voter. Oh, yeah, they are a voter. Just imagine that like 50 hours worth of that and that was what i was doing for like months um it was this long long process to try set up our own party but now we've got 2050 members uh nationwide great you know and mm. there are political parties in australia um who have mps in in parliament who have less members than us now so that's amazing. yeah yeah so like yeah there, there are there are political parties that are represented in parliament that have less than 2000 members so we've got 2000 members nationwide we were just featured on 60 Minutes Australia, which was an awesome sort of launch point. And we had hundreds of messages of support pour in, people wanting to volunteer. 
Um, you know, it's awesome because so many people were saying, no, like there's no chance to you forming your own party. There's no chance for you running, like just give up. It's impossible. And like, it was a slog to get that party, like to, to create the party. It was a slog. And now the, the foundation zones are set and we're going, we're basically, it's like a milk tea Alliance movement. You know, we've got, we've got my friend, Max Mock, who was, who's an Australian citizen. He went back to Hong Kong to protest to be on the front lines of the protest movement because he felt so strongly about opposing the ccp and um hmm. and max max was on the front lines of the movement in hong kong and he has come back to australia because he had friends who were part of the first round of purges with the national security legislation and hmm. his parents were threatening to turn him into the ccp and because they were pro CCP, and you know he's really been on the front lines. Like he's given up everything. Like he lost his entire family. He lost that home he had in Hong Kong. He's come back to Australia, mm. and in Melbourne, Australia, like you know he's been struggling. Like he's just been working like odd, odd, odd jobs here and there, construction sites. He's been away. He's been like a, like a just a waiter at a Chinese restaurants. Um, he was eating at soup kitchens for three, four months last year because he didn't have any money at all. His family cut him off and it's really hard to get like, it was really hard to get money, you know, you know, when Melbourne was in huge lockdown mm. with pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this guy, you know, very humble, you know, humble guy. And he's been on the front lines of the movement for democracy against the CCP. And he's now running against Gladys Liu in Melbourne, that United Front member who raised millions of dollars for the Liberal Party through her United Front links. You cannot draw a greater distinction. She's actually a Hong Konger herself. She's a Hong Konger herself, and she's so a part of the establishment. She's, she couldn't call Xi Jinping a dictator. She wouldn't speak out for people in Hong Kong when the protest movement was happening. Mm-hmm. And this guy mm-hmm. who basically like fled Hong Kong because he was going to get rounded up by the CCP, and he's come back to Melbourne, like, you know, and he's a proud Australian and he was just basically eating at soup kitchens and stuff like that because his family cut him off. Like, he's going up against Gladys Liu. He's running running for the party, Max Mock against Gladys Liu. And then we've got, and I'm so proud of this, we've got, you know, two young Uyghur women running in South Australia. So, you know, Max is 20 years old. I'm 22. Our Uyghur candidates, are, Adila is our lead Senate candidate in South Australia. She's 20 years old. And she's the youngest Muslim woman to ever run for parliament. You know, so people go, Drew's a white supremacist our candidate is the youngest Muslim woman to run in Australian history. <laughs> yeah. And she's the first week and alongside our other Uyghur candidate, Inti Elham, who's 27, she, they're, they're, mm. they're the first Uyghurs to run for election in the West, in a democratic election anywhere, as far as we know. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're trying to give voice to these, um, you know, members of these communities that, you know, the Astra- other major, the parties in Australia, they don't want to fucking know them. They don't want to, still mm. Australia has never, con- Still, Australia refuses to say that the Uyghur genocide is a genocide. Like Canada, mm-hmm. the US, Europe, mm-hmm. like there's been big moves to try and, you know, respond to this genocide. And still, the Australian government won't call it that. And we still don't have, right. we still don't have Magnitsky Act legislation. So we can't sanction individual officials who are responsible for the genocide. So, so think, yeah. think about, say, the top secretary for the CCP in Xinjiang. He could technically just come to Australia. Like he could have assets in Australia. He could have an Australian bank account. He could store wealth here and no. Yeah, he can't go to the US. Yeah, yeah. But Australia, mm-hmm. he can st- store all the wealth he wants here. And so the mm-hmm. the major party don't want to push. The, they don't want to push forward that Magnitsky Act legislation because a lot of those Chinese billionaire donors of theirs, they'd be fucking hit, you know, because they're all CCP type. Yeah, it's you, seriously, Drew. Like you're the change Australia needs. Thank you. Um, I, I just got to say that any of our viewers out there who are Australian, 
please consider uh, voting for Drew and joining his party because thank you. It's been just too long. The CCP has been taking advantage of Australia and other countries for yeah. too long, and this is this is your chance to fight back. Yeah, exactly. You know, before you just become a a, a province of China, really. I think it also goes past us. Like this is this is not targeted only at Australian viewers. Yeah. I think this goes well beyond that because what this is is pure inspiration. Thank you. To finally understand how I think Drew's story may have touched you guys to understand enough about the absolute prolific nature of CCP influence in other countries and how it quite literally is the most important issue today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean and the fact that they they co-opt the, the international students because they're very firmly under the control of the CCP through propaganda, through their upbringing, through their education, through intimidation of family and so on. They they can co-opt the international students. They can co-opt the uh, the embassies, etc., overseas to do the bidding of the CCP, Man. to throw their censorship overseas, yeah. To change the narratives in universities, in society, in government, politics around the world. And the rest of the world is just too naive and they haven't really caught on to that. So yeah, your story is a fantastic way to break it open so people can see what's going on. Too simple, maybe naive. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drew, why don't you wrap it up yeah, here for yeah. us and give us some final messages. I actually want you to, if you can... Um, tell the average people out there what they can actually do instead of say, like posting on Twitter, fuck the yeah, CCP. Yeah. What can they actually go do out yeah. there to, to combat I'll, this? I'll just want to quickly say, man, like, you know, I got goosebumps, I got goosebumps when you mentioned the international students because like, and, and this has really affected me, like there have been multiple times where Chinese international students have actually approached me on campus and it wasn't like, I wasn't getting attacked that time, you know, it was, like these guys came up to me and they were like, you know, I know about Tiananmen. I really support your cause, like the pro-democracy cause. I support the people in Hong Kong, but I can't even be seen, you know, to, like standing next to you on campus because like there are people who watch us and like the other Chinese international students, like the, the Chinese Student Scholar Associations that are run by the consulates, like they basically mm -hmm. monitor the students politically and they they wouldn't, they couldn't be seen talking to me, you know? So like that stuff does happen. My Exactly what you said, man, like, you have to do more than just like you know post to Twitter, fuck the CCP, or like Winnie the Pooh. Like it, it has to be like, <laughs> like I, I think people really need to get organised and you know mm. really try and put pressure on politicians. Like, what are you mm -hmm. going to be doing about this genocide? Um, right. Like, what are you going to be doing to sanction individual Chinese officials who are responsible for the genocide? Are you just going to allow them to continue to stash wealth in our countries? Like. Yeah. Like people really need to put pressure on these politicians so that they can't just get away with this anymore. They can't just turn the other blind. They just can't turn a blind eye. Really need to get get organized. You know, if you're overseas, you know, create create associations, create groups that are like are dedicated to trying to boycott the Chinese government's like genocidal events. Like really put pressure on things like like for example, corporate sponsors of the Beijing Olympics. Or like, or like Western companies that are doing business in Xinjiang, like, like for example, like even like say Volkswagen, these these companies that literally have factories and they could be using weaker forced labor, really put pressure on those corporate corporations. Like it, it has to be a big, there has to be a big mobilization in society. It really has to be something that is, it has to be something no that you know is. That encompasses Hong Kongers, Tibetans, Hong Kongers, in and ordinary Chinese who are opposed to the CCP, like like that milk mm. and Taiwanese as well, like you know milk tea alliance type stuff, because mm. it's really really important that you know ordinary Chinese are not attacked and not you know 
driven into the arms of the CCP through racism and stuff like that. Like, we have to work together with these communities. That's one thing that, like, I'm really happy about our political party that we're building up here in Australia because, like, we're working directly with these types of communities that are, like, being persecuted. Like, we've got Uyghur candidates. We've got Tibetans and Hong Kongers. We're going to announce our Tibetan candidates soon. So, like, that's one thing I'd really encourage. Like, people... Like when when you form these groups and get organized and get mobilized, like like link up with these local communities, like like Uyghur activists in your country, Hong Kongers, Tibetan activists in your country, Chinese pro democracy activists in this country. It's so important to just like it's like I honestly think there's like a global multi alliance movement that is sort of starting to spring up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like nice and like like you see it in Taiwan there was the sunflower movement. You see the young people mm-hmm. fighting in Hong Kong. Like students for a free Tibet in Canada, Europe, and America, they've been amazing right now. Like they've got these amazing Hong Konger um, and Tibetan young activists associated with them, and they were just they mm. just were in Greece recently where they were disrupting like like mm-hmm. the Olympic yeah, ceremony. Yeah, that was really yeah, good. like stuff like that yeah. is amazing. So like like you know groups like that, like students for a free Tibet, I cannot speak more highly of them. Like like try link up mm. with people like that try organize with these with these activists with these communities that are being directly persecuted because honestly i think the long-term vision of like you know westerners like 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 people working together across these national divides across across these cultural divides like whether you're european canadian american whether you're tibetan you're uyghur you're hong konger you're chinese you're taiwanese like like building up this big broad multicultural coalition opposing the chinese communist party calling for corporate spot like putting pressure on corporations that are, have this these blood money ties with the chinese communist party trying to trying to put trying to put pressure on pension funds to divest i know and i know in britain uh benedict rogers and hong kong watch have been really really powerful trying to pressure huge british pension funds to divest from china mm. due to the genocide that's going on we're going to try do that with our political party, we're going to try and push for the huge super funds in Australia that are, where, where they're invested in China. We want that divestment to occur. Honestly, I, I, yes. I actually think that broader strategy, you know, boycott Chinese, boycott the Chinese economy, divest mm. from Chinese companies and sanction individual Chinese leaders and work across these cultural divides, bringing together all the different communities that are getting persecuted, you know, in a, like, you know, Mongolians, Turkish. Turkish people who are fighting Erdogan as well, like you know, Enes Kanter, he's doing amazing work now speaking mm-hmm. out for Uyghurs. Like, like we need this broad global anti-authoritarian pro-democracy. Yeah, that's the goal, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, thank you for saying and, that. And yeah, it's really as well a story about fighting corruption and also even fighting like, like the corporate oligarchs as well, because like these people, mm-hmm. all they care about is blood money, and they've actually assisted the Chinese Communist Party in their atrocities, and so it's a broad. Yes. So my vision for the long-term future is this broad, decentralized, pro-democracy movement where we're fighting authoritarian dictators everywhere. We're also fighting for civil liberties and democracy at home where we're, where they're at risk. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, in Australia, we've seen big rollbacks of civil liberties and, you know, increasing surveillance and stuff like that. We want to fight against that mm-hmm. too. Like, it, it has yeah. to be a broad movement to reinvigorate democracy, I think, and it has to encompass all these different communities and, and that's the vision, you know, bringing together, forming alliances across the divide. And honestly, that's the, that's something the CCP really fears. That's why that's why they that's care. absolutely the coolest message I've yeah. ever heard from a political party. So I would if I was Australian, I would I would definitely put my name behind Thank you. Hundred percent, man. 100%. Thank you so much, guys. Mm. I really appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much for having well, me on. I, I'd love to be on. Yeah, yeah. We, we probably will have you on again in the future to weigh absolutely. in on some issues. You're right. 
you're a very inspirational uh, very inspirational man thank you yeah we're um, incredibly happy that you came on and i'm sure our viewers agree that yeah, uh, you're a very yeah. interesting person you're starting very important discussions and don't stop what you're doing mate yeah. and if you ever ever again feel like things are too overwhelming and you've reached that that point where it just seems like it's too much to handle don't worry you've got people on your side yeah. you always will and mm -hmm. you can always count on us for support no matter what. honestly we've gotten through the worst of it and we've weathered the storm yeah. already there's nothing more that they can throw at us no yeah absolutely mate so just keep going strength fear nothing yeah yeah from strength to strength you know onwards and upwards In mate and we wish you the best of luck with your campaign we're going to help as much as we can thank you guys thank you so much i really appreciate it yeah, so uh, again, thank you very much to Drew Pavlou for being a part of this. I think it was really uh, a very good interview, given a lot of good insight into what actually happened there, because, you know, I've been following the whole Drew saga from the beginning, but actually hearing some of what he had to say, it's things that you haven't heard of in the news, it's things that you haven't seen before. Really nice. I really mostly, I mostly appreciate the fact that there's actually action. Usually you have people go on and say, yeah, fuck CCP, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But there's actually things you can do. You, if you live in a democracy, you can write your politicians, you can write your senators, yeah. you can vote for people, your congressmen, sorry. You can vote for people that can actually do things. You yourself can run for small positions, right? Sure. They can actually enact change. You can start organizations, you can form protests, you can do all of the stuff that pressures the CCP. I mean, look, on top of that, you can actually just talk about it. Because yeah. Yeah. that helps. You never know who, you, you can have conversations with friends and family, uh, and strangers, whoever. But when you talk about things, you never know. There might be someone influential who's yeah, listening. Who absolutely, you get the right. Like, look what Drew did. Yeah, he got the right people's attention. This yeah. wouldn't have happened. A lot of the things that he did wouldn't have happened if some really, really influential and powerful people didn't latch onto his message. Yeah. You got to get those kind of people's attention. I honestly think what he's doing right now is it's amazing, great, and great. <laughs> anyway, uh, fantastic guys. Uh, we are going to. Just motor through the Wumao Corner because we're going to do a big Q&A, which we're kind of rebranding as our hangout session, to we'll, be honest. We'll release that next week. Um, well, I think we'll do a normal Q&A today. Oh, just because, just... yeah, because it's, you know, oh, it's you not don't, super You don't want to do the Wumao Corner? It's no, really we will. Funny. No, oh, so, I'm sorry. No, I, what I meant is that the Q&A oh. is going to stay in this episode. Oh, absolutely. We have some news about the next episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking yeah. about it. It's going to be fun. Anyway, let's hit the Wumao Corner. we got a fun one for you today. Definitely. It's actually Wumao really Corner, funny. This is where we talk about the, the kind of hate, you know, the internet warriors of China, the 50 cent army and all the kind of things they do to attack us and others. And uh, we got a really interesting one. Now, there's this game. What's it called again? Uh, Subverse. Subverse. Okay. Yeah. Now, honestly, I hadn't heard about this game before this the whole thing popped up. But there's this game. It's called Subverse. It's kind of like a sci-fi adult game. This is not an ad. Yeah, it's some like it's not. Uh, is it a porn game? I think it's kind of like it's definitely adult it definitely no. It's definitely got like full-on pornography. Type, oh, okay. Okay. But it's it's like 3D animated. Don't worry. Sorry, guys. We're not going to show you any of that stuff. If you want to see that, you can go look it up. But I mean, uh, again, this is not an ad. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But it's, it's basically it's a sci-fi game, right? Some Wumao shit happened to this. Yeah, and uh, what what's going on in this game is you fly around in a spaceship. It's kind of like a also a real-time strategy RPG, uh, RPG type yeah. thing, but it's got dating elements to it. It's got full-on you know naughty stuff going on, like full-on. Uh, you can see a little bit of the trailer behind us here. I sound very you, you did cut out all the bad stuff, right? You sound very interested in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You know what I think I need to do quickly is uh, uh, let this play for a second. Yeah, you guys can see actually what it looks like. Yeah. No, other way. Nope. Yep. 
Sorry. The other way. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, the uh, whatever. The point of this is not. Sorry. There we go. There's, there's something important about this that's not this. Yeah, it's not about the actual game itself. Sorry, I'm a bit discombobulated. We just said an interview. So, yeah. um, anyway, the whole point about Subverse is that it was translated into Chinese. Yeah. Okay. And it was translated into Chinese for the, what's it called? The uh, Chinese, Chinese market. Well, it's Hong for Kong the Chinese market. speaking market. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it gets, it gets released on Steam, and all of a sudden, all these Wu Maos from mainland China, I'm not calling all mainland Chinese people Wu Maos, but yeah, the, the Wu Maos that went out there to their keyboard and started getting really mad, mm-hmm. what they did was they went and did a downvote brigade. Yeah. So if you go into Steam, I'll actually just bring it up here uh, on my computer. You won't be able to see it, but I'll be able to tell you. Um, come on, Steam. Open up. There we go. And if I go to the actual Subverse game... Okay, if you look, it says recent reviews are mostly negative, and it has currently 1,481 downvotes. So that's in red. It makes it look like it's bad. Yeah, and so it comes up, recent reviews right. are mostly negative. Uh, but all reviews are actually mostly positive with because over 10,000 people that uh, bought votes. it, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is what happened. Mm. The Chinese market that was using a VPN yes. to go and buy it, they were pissed off because traditional Chinese means Taiwan usually, and they yes. hate Taiwan. They they think, oh, why isn't this not made for us? Yes. You know? So they made this whole pity party, like piss pissing contest. They're getting all mad and like, saying, why like, did you oh, use traditional you characters? Yeah, blah blah blah. And all I mean, kind of stuff. T- just quickly for all of you out there that don't know the difference, you know, you've got Chinese characters. Mainland China uses a simplified version of Chinese characters. It was kind of brought out by Mao Zedong and the communists. And I learned how to read and write simplified. It is much easier. Me too, yeah. And it, the reason behind this is he wanted the masses to become literate because there was a big, you know, a lot of illiterate people. And it's easier. Right. But all the other Chinese-speaking parts of the world, including America and places where you've got the Chinatowns and so on, you usually still find traditional Chinese. Sure. So Hong Kong, Singapore... Taiwan, Macau, you name it, it's going to be traditional. The only place that really has simplified Chinese is mainland China. So this game obviously wanted a Chinese language version. And so they said, well, the only Chinese audience that can actually buy our game, because this kind of game, because it's pornographic, is banned in China. It will not be allowed to be sold in China, right? Right. So they're like, why should we make a simplified Chinese version if we can never, ever sell it in that market? Makes no sense. Yeah. Right? So let's let's make it in traditional because the market that can buy it, Taiwan, Hong Kong, etc., they use traditional characters. So let's make it for the, the actual customers that matter. Right. So, of course, the very self-important mainland Chinese internet trolls and so on, they had a hissy fit. They're like, how dare you not put it out in simplified Chinese? made a massive downvote brigade. They all went there, downvoted the crap out of it, spammed all the forums about how horrible these, uh, this game company is and all that kind of stuff. And so they released something. Well, uh, what did they release? Yeah, so uh, if you go forward, it's just the best part I have in the white, the white text. Okay. This is just the proof that they put out a press statement. They put out a press statement specifically because um, of all the, the crap they were getting from mainland Chinese people. Now keep going. Okay. We don't need to read the whole epic long version. Okay, it's pretty cool. You can go to the Steam page for all of you guys. Yes, yeah, so I'll read this though. So then, what did he say? Yeah. So basically, it says, um, however, so let's let me set this up by saying there's a bazillion comments from all these Wumas that are like, how dare, how dare you not care about your Chinese audience? Yes. And I said, well, however, where the base of our Chinese users are actually coming from is quite important in terms of the localization approach. 
Based on the statistics and data we have available, we can see that Chinese users are not coming from the PRC. Yep. In fact, zero traffic is coming from the PRC, mainland China. And that is not a surprise because adult content is illegal in the PRC. So what happened was they were like, okay, we'll entertain the idea that we have this massive Chinese audience and they feel slighted. Yep. But let me do some analytics. Oh, actually, none of the traffic is coming from mainland China because they have to use a VPN to actually go and check this out. There is another very funny part of this. Where was it? Someone said, as long as it comes from the Republic of China, not the PRC, mainland China has a strict policy on uh, even on exposing skin and not to mention nudity in porn games. So as long as it's traditional Chinese, it's okay to spend resources on. (laughs) So it's basically a big diss to say, shut up, guys. You're not going to contribute anything to this. You're just moaning because like, they're going to pirate it anyway. Right. You know right. they're going to can't get it, it. Right. No, so. but they're going to pirate it. So why should they spend money and time and resources creating a specific that's version for that market yeah. that's not going to contribute? You can't at all. buy it because the Chinese government bans it. Yeah, it just also shows you how arrogant those netizens are. I agree. I absolutely agree. And again, like it's not fair that the Chinese government bans this kind of stuff, but that's not up to the company to have to deal with. Yeah. They're not going to go put in mil- like uh, thousands of dollars to try to localize something, maybe a million dollars to localize something that can't be sold. I know. What, what are you doing then? You're hemorrhaging yeah, you money. You don't deserve this, China. Like That's the, that's the be-all and the end-all. If you want this kind of uh, company to capitulate to you, then you should be open to this. Uh, you, know, you should have an open market, basically. Correct. You should allow this kind of game to be sold in China, and then they can think about it. But otherwise, don't you dare demand. You know what I mean? No demand something for free yeah okay so that's our Wumao corner and it's time for us to just hit our q a what do you say uh we have or, worldview oh we do have sorry okay we'll hit worldview very quickly it's not important but it's no, funny it's, it's not but it's it is funny okay so worldview is where we talk about what's new with regards to china and uh, when it comes to the world but this time it's actually got nothing to do with the world <laughs> so what is this so in china yeah when they make a new development or a new property winston i've talked talked about this ad nauseum but oh yeah the the thing is they'll put tons of money into marketing these apartments because they need people to buy them out yes. for investment properties so they'll have fountains love music piping throughout my parents mm-hmm. loved that when they first bought theirs there was literally fountains and open pool beautiful pools yeah for swimming like all over it looked like a paradise like yeah. a freaking roman garden or some shit yeah yeah it had they had like stones that were piping like classical music everywhere they had people walking around with trays of champagne and stuff to yep. offer the people that were checking out the houses so they have these promises, and then after people buy up all the flats, there's no more maintenance. Everything turns to mold. They shut off all the water. They actually specifically turn off the water because of mosquitoes. Because yeah, of mosquitoes, they, they form everywhere. So everything turns to shit. Yeah, it just runs down. If you've seen our um, our new Chinese buildings in China fa- really falling down video, you'll see yeah. what happens when there's so much disrepair. Yeah. And these places end up e- either getting... Uh, taken advantage of by certain people or just neglected. Uh, yeah, so know, we got something period. funny. Let's let's just show you. Then we'll explain to you what's going on behind us here. Let's take a look. They'll come. Hang on. You know, there's yeah, a bit of a delay. Yeah, it. it's a delay. It's playing, right? Yeah, Is it'll it? come. It'll go. We're just in a black hole. It, there we go. So uh, for those of you who may be listening to this, not watching it, what you've got is you've got a swimming pool, okay, in one of these developments. No one's swimming in it, but what's happening is all the IEs, and an IE means auntie, okay? 
it's a specific. And for Americans, that means like an older lady. That's yeah, not a grandma. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's yeah. a grandma age, but not like ninety. No, no, no. Yeah. Just like kind of a yeah. 50, it's a specific 60. generation in China, which they all kind of let's just say very uneducated because they went through the the purges and the the bad days of Mao Zedong and all that stuff. So a lot of them aren't educated. A lot of them are kind of very rural in their mindset and so on. And what they're doing is they're using the swimming pool water to just wash their clothes. And that's what they're doing in a medieval style of beating it with a, a, a stick, that kind of thing. So they'll do this because guess what? The water's free. They don't have to pay for it in their apartments. So you'll find this a lot in China. It's like, so if something's free, they'll go like walk across town to get like a free bottle of water. Even though they sweat it all out, they don't <laughs> way back. doesn't matter if it's free, they'll use it. So that's what they're doing here is they're using the swimming pool to beat their clothes. Oh, it's a really good insight into this lost generation culture. It's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway, it's time for us to hit our Q&A where we answer your questions and you question our answers. So let's do it. Free speech respecter says, hey guys, I'm in the shower. Can you speak up a little? I'm washing my Dazix. <laughs> okay, you mean your... <laughs> uh, return to Orc Monkey, it must feel great sleeping on that cotton. Oh, indeed. Oh, this... Cotton. He's doing so in such a classy way. Real Chinese manners there. Oh, yeah, there's a bit of... Hung uh... Fran, thank you very much. Doc mm. Slothington, old Doc Slothington, back again for the best time of the week. That great guy? Yeah, oh, that... Great. Is, as Winston would say, ugly on the outside, ugly on the inside. I mean, no, we don't know that's, that. No, he's, he's probably a really nice he guy. Seems I get, like, I he actually saying, seems really cool. I feel like he's, cool. he seems nice. When you look at his face, right? I like, when, I like him. When you look at his face. Great. It almost looks like he's doing it under duress. You know yeah, I, mean? I know. That's why I'm on his side about this. Like, yeah. he might he might have been like, ah, crap. You know, like, we actually saw some of the shills do this. I'm not even going to call him a shill yet. No. yet. Not yet. We don't know. Until I see more media from him. But it's just a very bad reporter working for the Chinese state media. Yeah, but we saw some of the other shills do this. Say, I would never work for the Chinese government. I would never work for Chinese state media. And then they do a little thing like, oh, it was just a trip. Yeah. And then they make excuses for it. And then full on co-opted like news reporter for the CCP. Yeah. We've and seen that's what I feel change. like he he probably sees this coming. He's like, great. Like he doesn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I give yeah, him the benefit of the doubt. He's probably a really nice guy. He seems cool. Uh, but beautiful void. Mm. Okay. Uh, what? Why is that funny? No, he's not a beautiful void. Okay. Uh, Poinko Jammy, thank you very much. Gabriel, how do you feel about the heavy snow in China? Well, people stay still stay out working, doing whatever it takes to survive. It's not as, maybe not as bad as you might think. Yeah, I know. It's, it's being really... hyped up a lot. Look, there's Any, snow there's, every year. There's a lot of channels out there that are like, this is the end of the CCP because look at the snowstorms. Look at this, dude. It's weather. Yeah, it's, it, it happens every year. They're, they're pretty well kitted out in, in yeah. most of uh, the northern cities to deal with this. The, it's not the like big, Western standards, but it's no, okay. No, no, no. But the big issue this year really is just the lack of coal that's and how, how expensive coal is. So that's the biggest worry is that, you know, a lot of people are trying alternative methods to stay warm. And I'm just hoping that they do manage to stay warm. I agree. Mm. Alberto Waldo says, I found you guys uh, from the Bing Chiling Social, Social credit problem. memes. So okay. glad I did. Dead. And he says, "Bing, Bing Chiling, Zai Jian." Okay, <laughs> which means goodbye. Bye bye, ice cream. Yeah. Alphabet says, "Why hasn't Xi Jinping went overseas for the, for twenty one months?" There's a lot of speculation. Yeah, it's all about the power struggle. I think now that he's kind of cemented as well, we always knew he would be as a leader again for life. I think it's going to yeah. calm down a bit. Maybe yeah. he'll start going places now. Maybe. Yeah. Paris Bishop, thank you very much. Quinko Jamie says, hey, Seamilk, if you're looking for K-pop recommendations, I recommend Pristine Wee Woo. That's a great one. All right, let me copy-paste that. Sounds right nice. up your alley. I mean, I 
I passively listen to K-pop because it's in those shows that I watch. Yep. Um, I'm watching Hometown Cha 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 right now. Very good show. Mm. Koala 1203, Formosa number one. Here's free $2 alm money. Thank you very much. You don't need to yeah. pay alms. Yeah. Ryan <laughs> Thank G. You. I hear the term Wuma is offensive. The correct j- job title is Spam Witch Artist. Spam Witch Artist. I like that actually. Spam Witch Artist. <laughs> Merrick Robin. Thank you. Numpty says, Wake up to see you guys doing an episode on Drew. So good. Uh, he is going in hard against the CCP. Much love, mates. Keep fighting. That's Keep honestly fight. the the best thing about Drew is that he's got the courage to stand up. And he, you know, came out of left field. Yeah, he's got the, what do they call him? Oh, for those of you who've forgotten who P- <laughs> Peter Balsack, Peter Dazak is, he's the guy who helped the Chinese government cover up the spread of COVID and was in their corner the whole time, still is. You know, it shows you how cheaply you can sell your soul for a little bit of Baijiu on a KTV. Anyway, at the end of the day, um, yeah, Drew's a fantastic guy. And look, go follow him on Twitter. We've got his links down below, but, you know, follow him on t- Twitter. Give him yes. a bit of support. I mean, He's got a patron as well. Yeah, even if you're not Australian or whatever, give him a little bit of support. The guy needs it, you know. He's uh, he's standing up against the powers that be. Yeah, and I don't think the nationality doesn't even matter at this point yeah. because he's on the side of good and he's got all his links down below. Yeah, no, he's a change. I said it before in the interview, but he's the change Australia needs. But he's also the change the world, yeah. the world needs yeah. because we need a, a Canadian Drew. We don't have a Canadian Drew. Yeah. We've we got a, a Canadian Drew. We've got a kind of a South African Drew. We've got a kind of an American Drew here. But we need a Canadian Drew. We need a New Zealand Drew. We need a we need a everywhere we need around Drews. the world Drew. Female know? male Drews. Yes, exactly. Drews of every race, creed, and culture. <laughs> exactly. Let's, yeah. Yeah. I want to, to think of a joke about Drew, but well, Drew, you, you, Drew doesn't you, rhyme with anything. He really Drew on his inner strength. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Something yeah. like that. Anyway. What rhymes with Drew other than brew? <laughs> Poo? I don't know. That's not a good one, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But you know, in South Africa, we say brew. My brew yeah. means my brother. So yeah, yeah, Drew the brew. Could be that. That could yeah, be that. Exactly. Kay says, thanks for keeping me company on Fridays, Friday Eves in UK. What is a Friday Eve? Friday oh, evening. evening. I got you. I thought you meant like the day before Friday. <laughs> Friday Eve. <laughs> no. It's um, an absolute pleasure. Man. Thank you. Blair and Ryder says, in the end, if China doesn't succeed in taking Taiwan, what will happen in China afterwards? That will be a massive change in power and power structure because they'll have to answer to the people that said, hey, wait, did we just lose to an island? I think, yeah, they'd probably keep it under wraps and pretend (laughs) like, oh, look, we did take, we completely took it over. Just, we can't go there right now. It's radioactive. There would absolutely (laughs) be coups all over the country. Yeah. Uh, Tim Law, I always look forward to watching your videos every week. Keep up the great work and stay awesome. Absolute pleasure. Peter Martin, Lightseeker, just a reminder, if you tweet Pinocchio, Pinocchio gifts to Dr. Balsack, he will block you. <laughs> ADV does not endorse No, we, we don't. We no, don't. No. Absolutely not. It's just somebody did send us that they had been... No, we we they, laughed. Yeah, they've been tweeting Pinocchio gifts at, at, <laughs> at uh, Peter Balsack and he blocked It's to go away with his dad. It's to go with his dad's act. Yeah, exactly. Uh, whoop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway. Chios. Uh, mm-hmm. Cesario JPN says, makers of hentai game Subverse are being review bombed by Steam. Yeah, we just talked about oh, that. Oh, yeah. We just talked about that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, CCP can ligma pee pee. Uh, good to see that this show is going strong. Here's a couple beers. Thank, Thank you. I appreciate that. I will drink them as I work on my Trans Am. Free speech. Respect. By the way, it's back. And yes, I had to get it towed. It didn't make it very far. There's more about that in the near future. Yes. Let's just say when you leave it in a shop like where I did. How did you end up with more problems? Yeah. I mean, the wiring was all out of whack. Uh, the 
wasn't firing on all cylinders. A lot of things happened, but you know what? It's back. I'm working on it. It's fixed. It's awesome. I'm so happy. I got videos to release that I filmed while I was trying to get it on the way back here and stuff. So you'll see them. Free Speech Respector says, C-Milk, do you still miss Dronio? I do, but he's been replaced twice over now. Yeah, we've got... We, you know, we haven't flown drones in a while. No. Last not, time we no did was to. when we were up in Vegas. No, we did it when we uh, when we filmed our new property. But it wasn't oh, for yeah, YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, that wasn't... Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, yeah. We don't want that to really get out there. <laughs> probably not make Probably like, problem. oh, look, this is this is the target right here. <laughs> probably not a good no, idea. No. Uh, Mafsiada, is the CCP still destroying the old culture like Mao? Uh, it's weird what they're doing. They're trying to claim um, old culture, the which they, the remnants, which, you know, they're responsible for destroying. They're trying to claim it, but they're trying to rewrite it as if it's the communists that actually yeah. are responsible for the ancient Chinese culture yeah. or something. It's really weird what they're doing. Either way, it's a mess and it's ugly. Max Chong says, coming from Hong Kong, honestly, I find it quite insulting when Westerns complain, Westerners complain about how authoritarian their governments are. Yep. And we agree with you, my mm-hmm. dear friend Max Chong. I am so tired of Americans Jeez. complaining all the time. Stop. Wow. I mean, do something about it. That's great. Do something about it. But stop the whinging. Yeah, it's, it's just like, I can get it. If you're, un, if you're dissatisfied with your own government and you complain about this and that, that's okay. That's fine. I get it. Yeah. But stop trying to compare it. Don't compare. When you say- The USA yeah. is not North Korea and it's not becoming like China. No, it's got nothing to do with those places. And trust me, having grown up in South Africa and lived in China for, you know, half my life, quarter of my life, whatever the hell it was, America has got nothing on that stuff. You cannot compare the two. And that's what annoys me. It's like, sure, complain about your problems. But that's kind of like saying, ooh, this freaking watermelon is the same size as a pea. You know, you just can't do that. Anyway, right. let's continue on. He says, come come to my land and see what it feels like to lose freedom. Yeah, exactly. We've, we saw that happen. Yes. We were there right before. We were there it all du- went down. during it. Yeah. I was there in the 2014 no, protests. The the, yeah, yeah. The, the, we were there during that, just big before fall. that too, yeah. Power shift. Dumb question, guys. Is your patron affected by demonetized videos? No. 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 If, no. if you support us on Patreon, we really appreciate it. Yes. Um, that's what carries massive, us through the month. Massive, massively appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate all your hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry, JPN says, Winston got himself a sponsorship. Bad? <laughs> Yes, it's, it's not, not a Taiwanese, Taiwanese beer, beer sponsorship. sponsorship. Sea Milk needs to step up and get... I did step up, Cesario. What are you talking about? Yeah, we tried. They didn't care. I, I just... You know, that the, the video that I released this morning was actually kind of just at the end of the morning, the one about the, the terrible fishing nonsense that's going on. I put Can such you release a... it at like three? What? Yeah, sorry. You know what I mean. Like <laughs> afternoon. It's got such a subtle um, advert in it. I'm surprised people even picked up on it. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly subtle. Yeah. Frederick York, any updates on Josh Rogan coming on the show? What? Oh, I don't know. He's, he's, he's an expert on Dezek. He's an expert on who? I don't know. Maybe he's related to Joe Rogan. I don't even think it's the same. Who's this? No idea. American journalist who's formed in the Washington Post, an analyst, political analyst. Uh, was he supposed to come on the show? No. Sounds, sounds pretty cool. It'd be nice if he did uh impersonators imper, imperator salt uh mm. hi three months boys thank you very much um i'm doing a military co- course on mandarin can't wait to learn it these videos help i learned bing chilling thanks to jong Shina. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly. nice good Excellent. one stead 3111 uh watching you guys for years i saw hong kong before it was taken away thanks to you guys beers on me that's mm. awesome thanks jeffrey sneezo says 
She's in the front room. Uyghurs in the back. Dazik's in the alley with the Wuhan bats. Okay, that's an interesting uh, sounds little like thing. Some sort of song. <laughs> uh, Mike S says, "Dark thought. China can't import food that's needed to feed its populace by sea during time of war, and India is the closest place for the land." That is dark indeed. How about you keep those dark thoughts out well, I mean, of your head? Yeah, that's yeah. We're not there yet. Who knows? And Who we knows? don't want to be there. Mm. Mike S. Even worse is the fact that. Um, the native Indian population living there will be perceived as potentially hostile. Well, look, if anything like that happens, the Indian army is there to step up. I guess, yeah. Absolutely, sure. they are. They're, they're, they're quite the fighting force. I know, force. I just, I'm saying, this is like... Yeah. Down. Oh, I mean, the Indian army's there, there, they're, they're not going to just roll no, over. No, my point is this conversation is rather unnecessary. We're not going to war right now. I know, but India and China are skirmishing all the they're time. They're skirmishing, anyway. you're right. You're absolutely so, right. So, uh, CCP, They're prepared for this, we won't blindside them. No. Ed Garrow says CCP is the only government who acts like Karen. Yeah, they do <laughs> act true. like a Karen, don't they? You know what's kind of funny um, is when the Indian Air Force actually picked up the Chinese <laughs> yeah. stealth fighters. I love that. And like when they were practicing over the border there. So on Chinese territory, they actually picked them up. So I guess they're not very stealth. Because the Indian were Army new, were like right? using like F-16s or something and yeah. picked them up. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of funny. Uh, says happy Friday I understand that Germ- Germany's economy is largely automotive largely automotive and the industry yes. is still lusting for the Chinese market so pressure to snuggle the CCP yeah we mentioned that yeah absolutely free, free speech respecter says do you hate the Raiders because they cheat and accuse other teams of cheating that's one of many reasons <clears throat> uh, the fan base which I'm sure there's lots of great Raiders fans out Raiders there Raiders Nation or whatever you say is it Raider Nation I don't really know there's this I came across this most fantastic vehicle uh, the other day it was like this old crown victoria and it had like raider nation like on the back of it and the whole side That's of pretty it, much every crown victoria probably. okay but it had like the whole side was an american flag someone nice. hand painted it on nice. there it was actually it's not a sticker and i was like yeah that's pretty cool and some america right there you know yeah. tinted windows you know real distilled americana yeah it was pretty cool and you got to make sure that all the stickers and stuff were made in china for sure <laughs> yeah, you know like sure. like stickers that say like Fuck everyone except America, but it's like made it's in China. It's got an AR-15. Stickers. Come take it, a dare yeah, you. but it's you know? made in China. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. And they buy a Chinese AR-15. Yeah, like knockoff or something. Jeffrey yeah. Sneezos, been a fan since 2017. Still love your content. Keep it up, and can't wait for you guys to go on adventure more places. Timo hmm. gave me advice on going to China to meet my now wife's parents for the first time. Yeah, yeah. good. I hope it went well. Uh, Fanny Schmeller, Winston, go to Aruba and practice your Dutch. What? <laughs> what? Ach nee, man. Ik wil niet die taal praten. Moritz Strittmetter <laughs> says, as a German, I agree with the sentiments of on Mrs. Merkel. Thank you very much. Mm. It's nice to hear that. Yeah. I also know that German wind turbine technology is co-opted for military purposes, probably. Makes sense. Griffin Yera, my Miata has been in the garage for a while, while I put on my new suspension, tires, rims, roll bar. And I finally know how Winston feels with this Trans Am. It's awful. It was over a year. It was like a year, three months or something. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, spoiler alert, it got to the point where the shop actually didn't finish so when I actually got it, it was missing like trim around the windows and yeah. uh, they like a lot of small little things they didn't finish and I had to actually end up doing it myself. All the rubber like weather seals and stuff weren't in the car and it just got to a point where I was just getting so fed up and I guess they were just, they knew that this was never going to end. They were just like, come take it, you know, like yeah. you, you can finish up the rest of it. Just come take it. We'll give you a little, it'll cost you a little less than we're going to charge you. Except they destroyed your car in the process. Yeah, yeah they didn't do, I mean, the, the body works great. And the paint looks yeah. nice. Yeah, it does. Mm. Cavaliotis Ionios. Thank you very thank much. You. Mm-hmm. Clorinda Ryder. Thank you very much, Clorinda. Uh, Dragon's fourth child. 
Germany and the CCP relations suffered because of tax evasion and essentially CCP money buying German companies, legal industrial espionage. Mm. Logo app, I've told your cousin how proud of you <laughs> are of making my avatar. Okay. <laughs> and he told me how proud he is of all you do sharing the evils of the CCP. I'm mm. so glad that you managed to meet, meet up with him. Mm-hmm. Hege Sverge, which is Sweden, uh, helped me with a short and concise text for a poster to demonstrate outside the Chinese embassy. Greetings from Stockholm, Sweden. Can you um, send us an email? Yeah, we'll send us an email. definitely help you out. Yeah, we'd love to. Black Halo 6, this is wild, makes a rage build in me. Mm. I'm talking about Drew, Pavlo, Drew yeah. Pavlo's story. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating well. story. Read read more into it. He was actually on 60 Minutes Australia. Oh, he's been all over the yeah. news. Yeah. That was a pretty good New interview. New York Times. Yeah, you got to go check it out. Uh, Marco Kane, good on you, Drew. Keep up the good fight. These Confucius Institutes need to be wiped from all uni campuses worldwide. Agreed. Yes, I've been trying my best to put that message out for years now. Ever since 2016, when I went to go speak at the University of Arizona, and there was a Confucius Institute like yeah. group came into the room and were taking notes and trying to inter- interrupt my presentation all the time yeah, and trying to force the narrative and yeah. stuff. I was like, what's going on? This is America, and I'm trying to be censored and my... In your own speech. Yeah, I was like, what the hell's going on? So yeah, Confucius Institute, so bad, bad, bad news. They're just nest for th- th- uh, thug CCP operatives. Your mm-hmm. movement should be global. Yes, mm-hmm. you're correct. Yeah. I haven't seen the answer. Uh, I want to... Uh, Jason Behrens, Jr., uh, first time watching your podcast from Norway. Fantastic. Thank you very much, yeah. and we love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, this one says, Yo, I seen the Gorin, which means like a caring loving foreigner, heart. loving, caring foreigner. I remember my, the, when I used to teach at that kindergarten, it was called like Aishin Pei, um, like loving heart preschool. Preschool, yeah. Whatever. Patience, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, could you explain the concept of face or losing face? When the government lies so blatantly and constantly gets caught in their lies, wouldn't that mean they're losing face? How come they don't seem to care? They there's are. A, there's, a weird, there's a weird thing that happens. It's like sometimes. A person can lose face publicly, but everyone ignores it because they know they want to give that person or the government face. Because they have too much face. face yeah. yeah, it's like, so they ignore it. They'll see something like, as if it's like if you see someone walking down the road and they like trip and they like make a fool of themselves and they quickly like straighten themselves up and you're like, I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that. That's kind of the attitude, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I yeah, would agree with that. see that a lot. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen says, astonished by Drew's horrific incident in the CCP power in Queensland. Australia needs to do some home cleaning. Not a fan of the CCP, but I do feel sorry. Mm. Old Matey says, Hi, Winston. When is your true inner American going to shine through and you create a gun review channel? I mean, now that we're out here in, in Pennsylvania, it's a lot easier to go out and shoot things and, you know, like set up things. But I don't know if I'd ever make that into a career, if you know what I mean. It's a bit weird. That doesn't... I've, I've been a legal gun carrier my whole life in South Africa. I, since I was 16, I've been carrying a gun. And it's something that I think is a necessity, but I'm also... I'm not the kind of person who's like a, a, a show off or whatever you want yeah. to call it. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, my guns. I think it's a tool. It's necessary. You need to know your gun safety. And uh, I can appreciate guns. I do like them. But uh, I don't think I could ever start a channel. It's not like them. it's not your like life's mission. That Yeah. I mean, no, not at all. Burr Papa. Hmm. Uh, TR with a nice donation, but a message retracted. Maybe Thank that's you. actually what they typed out. Who knows? Thank you. Nanda Mari, I enjoyed this interview more, please. The world needs to know the truth about the CCP. Keep up the great work. And we will. We'd like to have people on that we not necessarily only see eye to eye with, but that you find interesting. We think Drew is that. Yeah. Chuck Tilly, beer money. Thank you very much. Paskey303, eat your glass 
Eat Beep. less, you can't. Beep. You know, the, the thing is, in Australia, that's not actually yeah, such like a, a terrible word. swear word. Yeah, it's a soft swear word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, here, it's very it's, harsh. It's pretty it's harsh. the worst, actually. Yeah. So what, what would you say in comparison to here? Like, you, you bastard or something. Yeah, you bastards. Yeah. Yeah, you bastard. That's fine. That's yeah. like a PG-13. Yeah, exactly. But the C word is like, wow. That's not like Australia. UNTS is like, yeah. Whew. Yeah, it's a bit much. In, um, not, not in Australia, though. No, I'm, and again, it's, he can say it all he wants. He's Australian. I don't think... I, we were saying this earlier, like... We're talking about this, like, <laughs> eat glass. It's not so much of a terrible insult, because no. you're giving the person an option. It's, like, not even an ultimatum. It's, like, at your own leisure, please, yeah. please eat take some a glass. Plate, take a plate with some, some crushed glass? glass in it, and then sit down and Doesn't leisurely even say eat cl- it. say crushed glass. could be... Like, anything really yeah, exactly smooth marbles yeah exactly so it could be <laughs> swallowing marbles yeah. that's glass so yeah. it's not like you're, you're saying like i'm gonna shove broken glass down right. your throat or something right it's like eat glass you cunts <laughs> <laughs> sorry anyway max chung says the worst thing about uh chinese nationalists abroad is how they all too often expect you to think like them if you are ethnically Chinese, yes, yes, our Chinese dissident friends or people that are sympathetic to Chinese democracy that are Chinese people, mm-hmm. even people that are from mainland China that move here, actually was speaking to one last night, um, and the the conversation we were having was terrifying because they said when I first moved here I thought I could speak my mind, yeah, and now it's so bad that I can't even do that. Not for fear of family and stuff. It's for fear of even people around me, yeah. right? I can't even be associated with people like you as much as you're my friend mm. because we can't talk about this stuff because people will, will pass it around and then I'm some sort of traitor, you yeah. know? And it's like, even if you support the American ideals and all this kind of stuff, they can't be public about that anymore, even no. if they live here. I know, it's terrible. And th- the problem is, uh, are these little WeChat groups and stuff, you know? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. I get it. When Chinese people immigrate and they go overseas, um, you need to find familiarity. It's the same with us when we were living in China. Sure. You find the little expat groups, you hang out with expats, you got a little little phone group where you can bitch about, like, the, the things that piss you off in China, you know, where you can find out where to buy cheese or whatever because it's not possible in, in most places. Sure. You know, so you've got your little groups, and they do that in... in um, the states or in australia or whatever the, the chinese immigrants do that but unfortunately it's kind of ends up becoming a spy network you know where they'll be like hey um there's this guy who's anti-china who lives in the street or something like that and then it gets out through this wechat group all the way back to china and the wrong people hear about it and especially if it's an ethnic chinese person it can get them into trouble or their extended family it literally just becomes a, an extended arm of the securities, uh, you know, the, the Chinese security forces. It's terrible that, you know, these things get co-opted, all these Xiao Hongshu, all this crap, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Um, he said they expected a Hong Konger such as me to think like them. And that's the worst part yeah. is that you don't think like them. And a lot of Chinese people don't think like them, but they have to keep their mouth shut. Yeah, it's, it's silly. Well, not for long. I think no. it's got to be a point where you're like, no, shut up. Yes. Especially, and I, I hate to do this, but, and I'm polite about it, but whenever I'm, kind of in public and I hear a, a Chinese person say like just your waigwara and blah 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 which just means like these foreigners this or that I'll be like I'll be very polite I'll be like you know hang on a second you're actually the foreigner here right. you know like you yeah I'm a foreigner yeah. too but that's the thing it's like 
I'm just getting to that point where it's like, yeah, enough's enough. All right. David <laughs> anyway. Brooks, to what extent can a supporter of China say, have you ever been to China, say to an opposer who accuses the CCP of crimes against humanity that has never been to China? Have you ever been to Nazi Germany? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. You don't need to necessarily have been to a place to know it's bad. You don't need to, to swallow cyanide to know it's poison. You know, right. it, there are certain things that you know, the facts are out there. People know. You can discuss things. You don't have to have been there to be an authority. We have been there. We lived for vast periods of our life in China. So we've got the hands-on experience. So, you know, use use our videos as an example if you have to. Agreed. Mm. Um, Sander, thank you very much. Um, I think I know you, Sander. Uh, Jerry Su, support Zhang Zhan, who deported from Wuhan about COVID in early 2020. She was sentenced for four years by CCP, and now she's in Shanghai jail. Her life is in danger. We cannot let her die in CCP jail. Yeah, it's terrible. Anyone who's, um, you know, being persecuted by the CCP is, you know, needs Sucks. a bit of support. Yeah. yeah. David Brooks, how cheeky is it of the C Canadian CCP shill to say that the American dream is in Chongqing, China, and that they don't even care about America? Why should they care? Yeah, you know, like, I think I know I think, who you're talking about. Yeah, I know exactly about. who you're talking about. You know, it's Drone Boy. Um, oh, is it Drone it's Boy? It's Drone Boy, yeah. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. Listen, guys, to all these these shills out there, and there are plenty of them, by the way, you know, a fair amount. I wouldn't say there are too many, but there are plenty of them who constantly go on about how amazing China is and how shit America is and how shit Canada is. Here's a challenge. Revoke your citizenship. Get Chinese citizenship. That's That's the challenge I have to you. I mean, if you really believe that's the case... Get stateless and then ask yeah. the CCP to take just, you in and give you citizenship. Uh, get, get Chinese citizenship. Prove prove it. Prove that you can do it and prove that you want to do it and yeah. get rid of your other citizenship. Because, well, first of all, it's not possible to become a Chinese citizen. Well, that's up to them. Very, very that's different. up to but them. Like, they go, said you can do it. everything. Everything is more convenient in China. I'll tell you one thing. I'll take your, your Canadian citizenship off your hands. I'll trade sure. you for my South African one. How about that? Agreed. That sounds <laughs> you know just I mean? about right. Yeah. I, I'd like to see that because then, you know, you're putting your money where your mouth is. Because a lot of these people... Was it Drone Boy or was it uh, Alcoholic Old Man? No, it's Drone Boy. Oh, it was Drone Boy. Okay. It's Drone Boy in Chongqing. That's gotcha. who started that whole Makes sense. Chongqing. Yeah, but because Alcoholic Old Man, all those people were over there too, I think. Yeah, but I mean, it's pieces. definitely, um, yeah. definitely Makes Drone sense. Boy. Yeah. LA Goomba, literally, wow. what the... Wow. That, Thank you so much. That's incredibly generous. Thank you so much. Um, where the hell? Yeah, that's that's amazing, LA Goomba. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, wow. What, um, do we, what do we got next? Crabman says there's an ancient Chinese saying, uh, which I just came up with. Oh, okay. Chef eleven ninety says catching guys live again doing Excellent. night shift here in India. Any uh, any bikes you're interested here in India? Yeah, Obviously. Royal Enfield. Yeah, Royal Enfield bullets. Sure. Uh, and that's the bikes we're planning to ride across, um, you know, India when we get the chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Brooks says, "Have you played Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross JRPGs? Both? Yes, I Gosh, actually I just those games. a couple of months ago finished Chrono Trigger for the first uh, time. And I finally. actually started Chrono Trigger again the other day. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> really amazing. Yeah. Are you in my head? <laughs> Tiberia Seven, uh, thank you. Black Halo Six still going ham. Shields going ham in the chat today. Looks like Drew has uh, was followed over here. We yeah. saw that. That's that's funny. Um, hey, whole salad says, how's Peter Balsack been? Oh, good old oh, Peter Balsack. You know, the thing is, he's been he's under trying fire. trying to weasel his way out, yeah, by the way. He's been posting things on his uh, Twitter to say like, like oh, there's a fact check that this this didn't happen. You know, he's really trying to cover his tracks. At he's the trying end to of the blame day, Lau. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, I, I think he realizes that 
he's potentially in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And so he's trying sure. his best to cover his tracks. And the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, he, he is instrumental in this whole COVID thing in a big way. And mm-hmm. he's not ever going to be able to escape that. You know, justice will prevail. Yeah. And he's a sweaty ball sack right now. I'm pretty sure. Mike, yes, yeah, for sure. Victor Washington, thanks for inviting Drew, a true activist. Well, what a sobering revelation of the extent of the CCP's tentacles into Australia's universities. And yeah. it's not just that, that. That If that's happening there, it's happening everywhere. It, it's definitely happening in, in the States. In a oh, big for way. sure. I mean, we've, we've I would say to ourselves. a lesser extent than Australia, but it, that doesn't mean it can't get worse. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, 60 Minutes Australia has been really good at being a voice against the Chinese government interference, and they've had lots of videos on YouTube. We've noticed that. Yes. Marit Strittmetter, awesome stuff in this episode. The shills are shivering. Certainly are. David Brooks, Drew, what would you say to a CCP shill? He'd probably tell them to swallow marbles. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, offer offer it to them politely. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, Free speech respecter, when do you think uh, of Great Britain? What? When you think of Great Britain, which iconic figure comes into your heads? Obviously, for me, that's uh, Winston Churchill. Yeah. I know a lot of people will I was gonna try s- to say something I was weird say about that. Shakespeare. Okay. No, um, for me, it's yeah. definitely Winston Churchill. I mean, that's I'm named after the guy. Yeah. Right. Tree Theodore, share, like, promote. Thanks to all three gentlemen. Thank you so much. Finger Painter Burke. Uh, good <laughs> to have you here. Burke. Ever listen to the American Burkhold. punk band Schlong? We have. Yes. They're famous in the Chinese knockoff city of Hallstatt. We saw that. I think they even had their record up there. They did. I recommend their album, Fish Booty. We har- we put our name behind that album as well. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic exactly. music. That is the deepest meme super chat I've ever read. And mm-hmm. I congratulate you and I, I anoint you, ADV brethren. Yes. Um, free speech respecter is South Africa. How strong is the taxi mafia? Very strong. It runs the country, doesn't it? No, I, mean, I got to tell you, they run the townships, <laughs> the townships and yeah. it's they're terrifying. And I've seen the aftermath aftermath of some taxi wars. In one particular case, I was driving. There were 14 dead bodies lying on the side of the road that had just been shot up. A taxi had been shot up by a rival taxi organization with AK-47s. These guys are brutal. They go into the townships and they meet out like vigilante justice. They are terrible. They're terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Don't say too many bad things about them. Psh, what are they going to do? They watch the Hop show. in there like high ace and you know the toyota high ace yeah and like drive it and convert it into a boat and come make a taxi route in our neighborhood i don't think so yeah i don't think so yeah they are terrifying they're gonna have to put up with all the rednecks around us with shotguns yeah true uh syo respect pavlu for Mm -hmm. voicing the minority uh however the impression you gave us australians is that you don't put enough thought to what you say really it, who you me yeah because you because you call them weaklings no i call them sissies sissies i'm sorry Sissy, I, I'm, and i'm i'm sorry but I, I will stand by that because i grew up seeing australia as a, a strong nation with crocodile dundee as the hero with his big knife and you know throwing canned beans at people and stuff i grew up with that that image and then just seeing how china rolled over australia really kind of took the wind out of my sails and you have to understand, like, I know Australians are tough and Australia and South Africa have a lot of similarities in, in just the culture and the way people are. And so that's why I can give them a ribbing like that, because at the end of the day, obviously, I know that the Australian people are strong and, and great. But 
seeing them roll over for the CCP in so many ways has really, really just, I got to, I got to insult you guys so that you fix yourself so I can be proud of you again. I would say less sissy and more like, don't let your establishment become so corrupted by foreign government. Vote for the correct people. When, just when that the milk powder stuff started happening, the Daigo thing, yeah. just starting with that, I was like, how are you allowing this to happen? Right. You know? Right. And then it just went from there and it got worse and worse. Jin Frank, Wall Street will help CCP to win. Yeah. Will oh. it? I mean, will it though? Wall Street? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe because they're always investing in all these like BlackRock or whatever. They keep investing yeah. in Chinese. I mean, in a way. Some other big investment firms just started to buy up the real estate debt in China. Come on, guys. Just stop. Let it. We should sort bring that up at out. some point. Yes. Actually. Come on. Uh, Winston, guys got a point. Anyway. Winston, Matt, Drew. Thank you, Legends. Yeah, he yeah, does have a pleasure. point, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Global Village Drunk. Keep it up, ADV and Drew. Inspiring stuff. Cool. Panama Chong says, not sure if I missed it, but have you said anything about the Lake Changjin movie? Seems no. like China is really stoking anti-American views at the moment. I know. And the worst thing about yeah. that movie is it actually shows the failures of the Chinese Communist Party. They are the ones responsible for the deaths, sending in their troops hastily without preparing them with winter gear. The the, all the deaths are from Mao, freezing to death, not from actual And Mao conflict. knew the casualties and kept doing it. Yeah. He did. Well, you know, the, actually, Taiwan should be grateful because those troops that were sent in to fight the Americans were the elite troops that had been trained to take over Taiwan. Yeah. And they were going they wasted. to take over Taiwan by force, but then they got sent up there and they all froze to death. Yeah. And so Taiwan was spared. Smart move. Mm. um pb applaud drew's giant brass balls axe yeah okay we better give him a, Ooh, a quick one <laughs> yeah you two thank you for uh you two for using your platform for eye-opening long-form interviews keep fighting the good fight it's a pleasure maxim stepanek says did you hear from the confucius society that they censored a book about xi jinping that backfired i have a license for fishing <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's awesome that's and i don't know that uh, that backfired. I only heard that they uh, they they uh, stopped the meeting or whatever, and that's mm-hmm. love from Croatia. From here, it looks like an Indian flag. Just got to say, what this from this distance? It looks orange and I mean, oh, it's definitely red, white, and blue. Okay, sorry, you know, yeah. this screen's all the way over there. Mm. Pete Tran, free Britney work. Hashtag free Britney work. Hong Kong is next. <laughs> true, true that, Pete. Uh, Serena, aloha from Hawaii. Keep up the great. The interview was great oh it was great uh a tech <laughs> seamilk get yourself a haircut i'm working on it oh man wow was it difficult to get a haircut we tried the whole day yesterday but it was uh, veterans day um you know here in the states where everyone and we're not veterans you know, we're not veterans and uh you know respect to all the veterans most places give out free haircuts. we live in a very like yeah, yeah type area and mm-hmm. that was catering to the veterans which is fantastic it was just the worst day we could have chosen yeah because there were lines out the door you yeah. know of people getting and, th- and thank you to all our veterans yeah, yeah absolutely appreciate thank you thank you for your service i'm not american but the fact that america is the way it is today is largely due to people like you and there's a lot of respect for that absolutely from agree with that um black halo 6 says opening scene scene of the game looked like a space butthole i kind of did I think it, I think if you think listen to the audio, I think that's kind of oh, what it's that, supposed to is be. Is that what it says? I didn't listen to that. Yeah, I think, yeah you can go watch the oh, thing okay. yourself. Xiao Yi Lin says, oh, they gave some money. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lockville Zoo says, Winston, did you get your car? Oh, yes. Yeah, I can't wait for you to hear it. It sounds amazing. It does. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. They knocked something loose in there. It sounds yeah, good. Well, actually, I fixed a lot of the problems. Uh, in it. I improved it. Does sound good. Yeah. Uh, some guy with a name says, great ball sack. Black Halo 6 says, but they can only play two hours a week. 
You're right. Yes, yes. Soto Sianapolis, thank you very much. Very generous, thank you. Uh, Mario Bermuda says, have you guys covered the explosions happening in China and the bomb mm -hmm. threats in various USA schools this week? Um, um, we look, have not covered it. The no. explosions are largely due to lack of maintenance and the charbador nature and the bribery that goes on in China. Which means been a like half-assed. Yeah, it's there's like... been a lot of gas explosions and stuff, and that's because these places aren't, you know, they're supposed to have safety inspections, but they just pay someone uh, or they just don't want to do it, so they just sign off as if it's been done, and that's what leads to these, and they just kind of all happen at the same time. Remember, people are relying more and more on gas and stuff because it's getting cold. Right. Yeah. Sam Noah, uh, sorry, Koala1203 says, we got two sessions. We've got two sessions. We've for the fragrance. We're, for the fragrance we bless into the world, we show our affection. See, we've got two sessions. And I, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Let me show you that would be one of the next lines. And I would agree with you, Koala, and I would um, extend that sentiment to you by saying that uh, when we meet satisfied Popeye, um, you know, <laughs> we'll the, really... The large rolling by or whatever. We'll really achieve what we've been looking yeah. for. Um, Sam Noah, hello, love the show. Question for Winston. How much do you like Mass Effect? It's honestly one of my favorite uh, game series of all time. I, I absolutely adore it, and I've just recently played the Legendary Editions again. Really, really cool. Such a good game. Such a good universe, you know? Kind of got a little bit let down, you know, by Andromeda, but that's life. Yes. Mm. Uh, Red Chill says, 73 says, grew up here, 14 years. Mm -hmm. um, grew up there. He's talking about China. Okay. Gotta say, they system systematically brainwashed the kids effectively. Xiaoxian uh, Dui and the Gongqing Tuan, CCP, the mandatory military training before school starts, and made me think, think made me like a CCP robot for the month following. I was 13. And yeah. yes, and. Only you, people like you that have gone through that would really truly understand what that's like. That's the like. thing, yeah. People don't realize how Thank bad you for telling is. us yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. uh, CCP, Richard says the CCP has removed China's two-term limit. Now Xi Jinping can be secretary for life. What is your opinion on this? It's fucking terrible. And that's what we were expecting all along. There's no surprises there. Yep. Juan Pablo says, Mayo Taliban, Jiomeo Afuhan, which means without, without, yeah, without the Taliban, there would be no Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yeah. There's a famous song um, that you hear them singing. Mayo, like, yeah. Uh, mayo, by the way, that's not a very respectful thing <laughs> no, to say. No. They were saying like, Mayo Gong Chan Dan Jiu, Mayo Xin Guo, which means if there's no Communist Party, there'd be no new China. You know what? That's true. And it's a tragedy that there's a new China. It should have been the old China. And you know what? The most hilarious tidbit about that is that the original song is Mayo Jiang Kai Shek, Jiu, Mayo Xin Guo, yeah. and the Communist Party stole Just it. stole the song. They knocked <laughs> off the song. It's actually the nationalists. It's, it's the prior yeah. party. Yeah, isn't it Mayo Guomindang? Yeah, Mayo Guomindang. Yeah, Mayo Guomindang, Jiu Mayo Xinjongguo. So without the Nationalist Party, there'd be no new China. So the communists then changed that song to, oh, without the Communist Party, there'd be no, yeah, I'll just steal your homework. <laughs> Change a couple of the lyrics there. Yep. Hand it in. Look, I did a good job. Anyway. Cats at 27 says, free Tibet from a Canadian. Thank you. Wandering Chandelure. Oh, the Pokemon. Uh, a remembrance today was just yesterday. Does China have any remembrance traditions like the West outside the anti-Japanese films? It's mostly anti-Japanese stuff. I mean, yeah, they do have, they do have like some kind of veteran stuff. I've seen it. Oh yeah, yeah, they have like military day. Mm -hmm. You know, Ching Ying Hua, uh, who looks like some sort of Japanese anime thing, says, uh, first time I managed to catch this live. Just wanted to say how much I love your videos and appreciate the well-informed content that you both produce." By Thank the way, you. please ignore my username. I'm sorry, I Oops. read that out. Doc Slothington says, how many active CCP members involved in propaganda do you think are truly aware of the outside world and that they know it's a lie? Almost every single one of them. Yeah. 
This is not a it's just not a secret in no, China. No. The propaganda is to keep the like lowly populace uninformed. That's correct. Uh, Jonathan Cabanas, can you touch the DMZ between India and China? Uh, I don't think you could get anywhere close. The military buffer zone. Maybe says touch on. Touch oh, on. touch. I'm sorry. I thought. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to touch it. You're I thought you could you go there. You'll be beaten up with like poles from I'm both tired, sides. You'd have the Indians and the Chinese on your ass with like, you know, those poles wrapped in barbed wire or whatever they have. They'd beat okay, you. I They'd get beat it. you solid. I just learned that the Chinese and Indian troops will fight with sticks to avoid armed conflict. Great. Oh, yeah. Great. I would say that's not great every time I see that yeah. freaking thing. It's funny. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. You guys were... Uh, okay. Uh, Winston Bro, Black Halo 6, says, the place that had your car is a chop shop, apparently. That's nuts that they made it worse. Yeah, look, the thing is, you know, when when you they took the fenders off and stuff, and I reckon when they put the fenders back on, they pinched wires and things because it was a it, big yeah. wiring issue. I had to jerry-rig a whole bunch of things just to get it started. It was a real pain. Poor Jerry, by the way. Anyone named Jerry? Mm -hmm. You're always synonymous with like shitty workmanship. It's true. Jerry rigged. Why can't it be like Tom rigged or? I don't know. Why is it called a Jerry can? I don't know. I know that's because of the Tommies and the Jerrys from World War II, and it was a German invention. Which, by the way, a Jerry can is vastly superior to anything that uh, you know fuel carrying thing that the the Allies had. What did they have? Just crappy little things. Like milk bottles. They're like dent and stuff. The uh-huh. whole, if you look at the design of a jerry can, you know, it's got these grooves in it and stuff that prevents it from like collapsing and folding in. It's really good. Look, in, oh, look it up. It's good. Jerry cans are awesome. Bambi Days, I just found you over Halloween and I'm obsessed. We're Great. obsessed with your support. Thank I you. appreciate it. Uh, intersim chinese soju or korean soju absolutely korean korean soju. without it's a doubt not even freaking you know what close. japanese soju is my my game remember that like cool one the ichigo the mm. the down napoleon it's like downtown no napoleon or whatever yeah. it says on it the napoleon of downtown yeah i like korean the best if you're ever going to drink soju by the way here's a little tip glass water Okay, put a bunch of soju in there as much as you want, depending on how drunk you want to be. Add water and squeeze a lemon in it and put a lemon. It's delicious. And it, it's the kind of drink that you'll sit there the whole night drinking. You won't feel it. But when you stand up, man, you're done. Yeah, you'll feel it. It's good yeah. stuff. Grumpy Marine, thank you very much. Koala 1203, it's been years since the two sessions were up, and I still don't know what that guy means by Chinese manners. Oh. Neither do we. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about doing something mean with that, you know, because... I've got all those horrendous clips of people like blowing their snot out, snot rockets and spitting and stuff in China. I was thinking about making a mix where it's like, let me show you Chinese manners. And it's like overlaid with all this stuff. And I thought, nah, it's too mean. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not Chinese manners. That's just a certain, exactly. that's a certain group that's the lost of, generation yeah, it's manners. a lost generation. Of the, you wouldn't see young people No, no, no. That. So I didn't do it. But it was, yeah. there was always up there these mean ideas that I had, which I didn't do because I'm actually not a mean person. You know. Grumpy Marine says some people fear that they see this country heading in the direction that they're and they're trying to wake people up. Keep up the great work. Mm. Suzanne B, I would be willing to support sea milk by every inch in his hair. <laughs> okay. Thank you very okay. much. I don't know how, it's probably only like three inches. Yeah, yeah. Get a lot it's of hair there. there. Yeah, yeah, I do. Return to Orc Monkey. Who would win a fight? Jong Shina or Chinese Ox? Chinese Are you ox. kidding me? Chinese Ox would kick John Cena's ass. Yeah. With a meat cleaver. <laughs> Literally the dumbest fight yeah. matchup ever. You know when they do those YouTube boxing matches? Yeah. Chinese Ox would literally kill them in one hit. That's the thing. Like, yeah, these WWE guys yeah. and stuff, they, Whatever. they they get built and stuff, but yeah. it's just like weak muscle. You know, it's not like... The, I'm Chinese, sure John Cena's strong, but yeah, Chinese, Chinese Ox... Chinese Ox is just like made out of sinew. He'll just he's, destroy he's just you. The, and you, you can't hurt him. That's no, the most yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, John Cena probably has all these techniques and he'll hit him a ton of times. With like a, a plastic chair Chinese that's made Ox out of rubber. Like, 
Yeah, it'll be like whatever. Yep. Yep. To the victor goes the Bing Chiling. <laughs> yeah. Pasky three oh three, here's a knee slapper. Of course you can pick up pick our pick up our stealth fighters. You need to use Chinese radars to not pick up Chinese stealth <laughs> Yes, fighters. there we go. T A G. How did you guys end up in China? I've had a few physics professors lived in China for a few years, more so than any country. Not sure why. We have uh, multiple videos on yeah, our check it out. on our channels, uh, and maybe just go watch the one on ADV China, how we met, because that'll kind of give our stories. Yeah. Can't stop the ox. Can't stop the ox. <laughs> yes. Dustin D. Great. No soundbite needed. I appreciate. No, I appreciate that. Let's. He was polite about it. I think that's a really great. <laughs> comment i appreciate that interview we need more politicians like drew have you guys found any chinese restaurants on the east coast to that top your quest for the best a while ago yes in new york city in flushing yeah um you can go pretty you throw a stone in flushing you're gonna end up at a really good chinese yeah restaurant. we're thinking about doing an east coast version of yeah. that at some point chipicus s i can't believe you're back chipicus i think i feel like you probably were always here but then you like changed your name mm. do you guys have a p.o box for fan mail not for fan mail but if you get a hold of us like privately we do have a PO yeah box. we do actually have yeah. thank you very much aaron young uh, winston do you think the trans am's timing belt is mixed messed up i hate that fix i don't think so no um it's it's actually not even a belt it's a chain in those it's got the oldsmobile 403 6.6 .6 liter engine which is like the worst smog era engine you can get but it sounds amazing and it's a big you know, big old lump, but it's got a timing chain, and that's fine. I mean, the timing was a little bit off with the distributor. I've replaced the cap and rotor and all that stuff, and the spark plug wires and the spark plugs, and a lot of the smog equipment was really messed up and vacuum leaks. I've been dealing with that. It's quite a thing, but I've got videos coming. We have a very patriotic, patriotic amount of likes. We had 1776 likes. It just oh, nice. rolled over there. Uh, Jennifer, like Australians, us Scots use the C word so liberally, and they will even use it positively, like he's a good beep, but the tone defines the level of venom. Yeah, right, I can makes see that. sense. Uh, a. Watson, India's YN channel, Gravitas, said that the <laughs> that channel is a real handful. Yes. Uh, many explosions. A lot of our fans think that you are you guys are in love with each other, by the way. No, that's just the, the female version of Serpent today. It is. It's yeah. literally like if you were reincarnated, <laughs> yeah. but way more vicious. <laughs> yeah. And I had a bindi. And you had a bindi. Yeah. Many explosion bombs are going off in different places in China. Um, are these political characters who are protesting She's third No, term? it's yeah. really just bad maintenance in the majority of them. Yeah, sure. Look, you do get... You do get malicious attacks, and, and it's but it's, it's usually like a disgruntled, yeah. per, like rural guy who's had his land taken away from him by force, and he goes and attacks the local little. Listen, I know thing. we might sound boring for this, but I know that it's more interesting to see like horrible, crazy, bad news. But you can cut anything together and make it look way worse than it actually is. Sure. And there is so much bad maintenance, explosion type stuff in China all the time. But it's simply just because there's so many people. Number one and number two, it's a poorly maintained country. Yeah, right? look, I mean, I've also talked if recently when I did that thing about the nuclear power plant, I showed some of the explosions. Yeah, it's wild. It's We've like, been there. Holy crap. Like, you know, chemical factories. It's just worse than most up. places. Yeah, it's there's very bad safety. But it's, it's not control. like uh, it's not like some Guy Fox ass situation. No, it's here. not like it's a coordinated no. thing. It's just bad maintenance. It's yeah. Chabador. It yeah. is. It's pure Chabador. Yeah. Thank you again to LA Goomba. That was yeah, that's incredible. amazing. Thank you. Typicus says, do you guys have contingencies just in case YouTube uh, continues to demonetize, such as Rumble or Library? The thing about Rumble and Library and all these other alt platforms is there's not really anyone that's going to go there that's going to have a massive audience, right? So the whole point about what we were doing, activism, especially with human rights stuff, sure. the whole point is to hit as many people as possible. This is not like, pay me, we deserve money. Right? Yeah, but he's saying, uh, do we have a backup? And I get that. Well, I'm leading up to this. We, we ended up choosing Odyssey as mm -hmm. our contingency. So all of our stuff is mirrored there. Yeah. 
For those um, of you who don't know what a mirror is, a mirror. It's mirrored. Yeah. In an American dialect, it would be a mirror. Uh, and I'm merely telling you this just <laughs> yes. because our, just in case our content goes down, it's all, it's all over. Yeah, don't now. worry. We, yeah. we do back up our channel and we do need to have contingencies. You're yes. right. So thank you for thinking of thank that. Thank you. Gabriel A says, can I get a grade for the content? You certainly can. Great. <laughs> Dylan Viennet. Uh, glad to be back again, boys. Hey, what's up, Dylan? John T. Young Chen is having a press conference. Would you like to meet her? Absolutely. Mm. Great. He's very excited. <laughs> He's very excited. I can tell yeah. that time he was more excited yeah, than before. Yeah, way more excited, sure. yeah. Uh, Andre said, <laughs> great show. Every time there's a delay on my screen, I'm running the stream on my yeah. on my screen, and I see him twice, okay. and I get a chuckle each time. Um, did he just say great show? You mean as did. in a great show? He did, I think he did. <laughs> Saw you my some favorite. time ago, Beijing Bikini episode, BB. Yeah. What? We never we never made it into an acronym. No. <laughs> I'm Polish. Been in China two times in some sketchy bars and saw a lot of BBs. Mm. Beijing bikinis are a thing. For they sure. certainly are. Remember when they tried to like ban it? In a, it was one city. It was yeah. a, Nanjing. Was it a, I think it was I think Nanjing. Maybe, yeah. Ty Salom says, thoughts on the world still... Oh, by, the, by the way, a Beijing bikini is when... It's when a, they roll up the... Madrid usually a thing. large man. Yeah. A fat man will... Like a Chinese ox... Yeah. ...would roll up his midriff shirt. He just takes it off, actually. Yeah, sure, He's sure. fully nude. Yeah, exactly. Walking around <laughs> like a bunch. Anyway, yeah. they'll roll up their... Until the, their shirt's over their belly like this, and then their belly hangs out. Yeah. That's yeah. a Beijing bikini. It's a way to cool down during the hot summers, apparently. Yes. Thoughts on the world using TikTok? I post China questions on Quora, and I get pro-Chinese answers. Also, who's better? I'm actually doing a, I'm working on a very long-term Quora episode. Um, it was actually co-opted by the CCP with state meet, but state media taught pe Chinese people how to co-opt it. Yeah. And it was a state enterprise. It was a state action yes. to, to co-opt Quora. Quora should be really dealt with in a different way. Yeah. Um, it is just state propaganda in English now. Yeah. Matthew Stein says, do you know anything about the Leo siblings, Michaels or? No, I don't. No, we haven't had any updates, but we will let you know. When and if there is an update. Mimi says, it's the Australian politicians that are sissies, not the Australian populace, sure. who should vote for non-sissies in the future. That's exactly what That's I'm right. Stand up. Bring back the, the Paul Hogan's, you know, and with his freaking saddlebags, you know, good old um, Crocodile Dundee. We need more people like that. Dylan, our friend says, Dylan Viennet says, I'm with Winston here as an Aussie. He's, our, he's an Aussie. Mm -hmm. We've capitulated to China. It's hugely embarrassing, to be honest. Mm. P.S. I think you need a run. Oh, we do. We, we do. Should. We'll get one. Okay. Yeah. I'll Just for down. you. I'll put that down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sandarth1. Nice. Mm -hmm. Seiya says, uh, Japan is responsible for China's intern intentions in the Confucius Institutes. CC members, CCP members saw a hentai and thought, hey, I want to be that octopus. <laughs> okay. Okay. That is a stretch. That's okay. Uh, Wiz, the Chinese dancers are in the UK again. Just saw an ad before the communism thing. What's that uh, mean? The, probably the Shen Yun. <laughs> Did Shen you? I got a Shen Yun flyer. Yeah, I got one too. Uh, when I was I was actually downtown the other day, and they're handing out flyers. And usually it's like, come see Shen Yun. This one just said like, the evil CCP or something on the front of it. Yeah. And then it says, Shen Yun, China before communism. Yeah. They went all in on the whole yeah, CCP. Yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, if you ever see that Shen Yun thing, um, it's like this big extra dance extravaganza. Falun Gong thing. It's backed by the Falun Gong, who are, you know, very much opposed to the CCP. So it's kind of like an anti-communist group for their own like personal reasons because they banned in the mainland China. So it's not the Chinese government putting that on. No. It's anti-Chinese government forces putting that on, just so you know. Yeah. yeah. And if you go there, it's going to be 
a bunch of people dancing that practice a lot in front of like a Windows XP and background. Prob- and then they're probably going to want you to join a, a, a floating... No, I don't think they do that, but oh, they definitely okay. put a bunch of like anti-Chinese communist messaging into the show itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're I mean, not, like, not endorsing or not disendorse is disendorsing. No, just you got to educate yourself and know yeah. what's what's what. It's not just some like ooh, it's not the Cirque du Soleil or something. And okay? it's not something that we would put out. Like it's not something I'd go to personally. No. I mean, no. live dance shows is not my thing. The Falun Gong thing is a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, just so you know what they are. Yeah. I'm not saying um, don't support them. Do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. Mm. Marine Strip Matter, uh, what I always find weird is that there's a lot of reverence for Chen Kai shek in the mainland. With the old presidential palace in Nanjing and the KMT paraphernalia in Guangzhou at the old training grounds. You're right, because mm-hmm. they like fascism. Yes. <laughs> Dag Andreessen. How long do you think uh, Chinese people will continue to accept the way that CCP are doing to their own citizens? How can they afford to build all those weapons when they're bankrupt? Um, they're not necessarily bankrupt. No. You know, that's the that. thing. Like, uh, Chinese people can chew cool, you know? Yeah, it means it's to it's suffer. like they can eat bitter. Uh, and they're very good at doing this and you know they will continue to unfortunately john teslov the solution to solve the ccpc poacher problem would be a bounty for each ccp fishing boat sunk or hijacked taken to a shipwreck yeah i mean the only way that would ever happen is if there was some kind of like underground i don't know like a billionaire yeah i don't think you can go like murder no you can't yeah you can't (laughs) you can't do that i think honestly the the only way to combat this is to have stricter laws at sea and especially surrounding like the nationals of these ships right on the freaking edge. And then at night, they like turn it off and go in and fish and then come out. When you see that group right on the edge, you should send like these warships out there <laughs> yeah. to like sit there, cross their arms and wait. And as soon as they come one inch over, you arrest all, all the fishermen. All of them. Get all the fishermen, yeah, yeah. And you put them all like in the whatever stockade and then you sink the ship. I think that's how it should be done. Yeah, it should be like closely monitored and penalized. Like one, you give inch. them a chance too. Like yeah, you, know, you like, like warn them off. Yeah. If they come one inch over, then they get arrested. If they turn their transponder off, then it should be like then you board the now, ship. This belongs to yeah. you, you know. don't have to sink it. Just take it, confiscate it. It's your property. It's on your national territory. Those ships are so disgusting. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants them no. anyway. They look like don't shit. pollute the ocean with have them. Have you not like just those ships They're are so, so gross. F- foul yeah you know they're yeah. doing foul things but they look terrible <laughs> yeah. it's like floating rust yes you know i don't think they know what paint is i don't think so yeah anyway return to orc monkey says the ccp might have two sessions but my american <laughs> manners re- require me to inform the singer that i owe him 50 cents for last night's two sessions with his mom <laughs> oh, wow that stings whoever you're biffing with yeah i gotta tell um, you what that two session song is definitely my favorite we've got to bring it back hands down we, we should gotta, do a full analysis yeah we'll do we ever do a full analysis i think we we kind of did well oh, okay. no maybe not all i don't of it. think we'll so. go through it properly yeah yeah mm. dylan vienna says i have friends in kazakhstan who watch you guys in the past cool. on their regards that's awesome i've always wanted to go there that's amazing they are hugely anti-ccp alongside kyrgyzstan and uzbekistan sadly their governments are more interested in money and that's what we're worried about too when we yeah. want to visit yeah uh, filipino white boy says you guys probably already touched on this but thoughts on the hypersonic missile test is it a precursor to something worse we talked about that last episode we actually just recently did a very big interview where we talked about it at length and oh we'll yeah share, we'll Stay share tuned with that yeah we'll share it out yeah. whiz who's that that was with oh yeah. we that can't was a, say it that we was a great say it. interview yeah, was yeah. good, we, that was we probably one of our best yeah whiz uh china will be the constant at the end of the world because if they don't clack uh because they don't tackle global warming so, well also the fact that they artificial the seas take all both. the bloody biodiversity and you know create the most co2 and carbon you know coal burning pollution and stuff yeah and all this other nonsense so yeah maybe 
Do you think Japan would go nuclear to pull up its big pants to counter China? I hope so. I Not nuclear weapons. To, yeah. no, I'm saying go nuclear means like go oh, hard. Go you know I mean? Counter China. Be guid. Mm. Sent Drew some PayPal. You're nice. costing me some money tonight. Hey, we didn't make you do that. That yeah, was a we appreciate that. We, we think, approve of that. And I'm pretty sure Drew appreciates that yes. very much too. Doc Slothington says, I fear the day you he add buy himself a run. some Tim Tams and Vegemite. You know That's, what I'm saying? I heard his fund is low for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you need a little bit of that. You know? <laughs> Good I'm sorry. No, actually, we had a um, one of our subscribers sent us a bunch of Australian. Yeah, Dion, thank you yeah. very much for that. We, we, my kids love a lot Super of that stuff. Super nice. You know the Tim Tam thing where you bite one corner and the other corner and, and you take coffee and like suck. I did suck uh, coffee. soy milk through it. <laughs> of course, you drink soy milk. I'm no. lactose intolerant. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true, and I'm pretty intolerant myself. <laughs> okay, fact of the matter is, you know, you suck it through the, the, the Don't hot coffee say or whatever. Bickies. <laughs> And it like melts it yeah, basically. It's great. delicious. Tim Tams are awesome. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're good. Anyway. Yeah. It's good. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, he says, "I fear the day that you add a run soundbite. I fear for our sanity. A little yes. piece of our souls will cringe away and die in every time it plays." It's coming next week. Oh, why, Dylan? Why did you have to bring that up? You know why? Because it's great. Just yeah, just saying. <laughs> I approve of Tanky Hodor more than Run. That yeah. song is poison. It's really bad. Uh, speaking of the devil, Dylan says, uh, Indonesia have blown up some Chinese fishing boats. When? Yeah, I mean, look, you see a lot of these clips. Look, it's I've so done fake. a lot of research, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, America sinks 300. It's it's lies. It's fake news. I think Indonesia um, might have at yeah, one point. Yeah, look, they did, definitely. Yeah. And um, Argentina shot, like, sunk one ever. Yeah. yeah, we're not calling out Dylan, but there are so no. many fake videos. Yeah, you got to be careful. America, um, U.S. Navy sinks 300. 300. That's, and it's always like a like, computer voice. The American yeah. Navy has... Like, no, it's, all, <laughs> it's all nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Omar Sai it's says... It's like a dream. It is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. This is a response to something way back in the stream, but Canada does have a Drew. Her name is uh, Kemi Lamau. Lamau. <laughs> no, please bring her up. We'll Let's see. If Yeah, never heard of her. Yeah, I'm actually surprised. She looks... Oh, she's Tibetan. Nice. You know what? I, rec- I do recognize her. I do recognize her. her. I recognize her. Remember, there was a, she got a lot of threats. Yes. We, did, we talked about yeah. her. Yeah. I we recognize did. her. Okay. We should probably get her on at some yeah, point. Yeah, let's try. Let's yeah. try. I just think she'd be very receptive to that. Uh, Juan we Pablo. should introduce her to Drew. Maybe they can get married and start a massive big thing. The family of she, she, she probably married. is married. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Drew. Oh, she's 22. Oh, she was. No, she's. I was going to say they're the same age, but that was a couple of years ago. So they're not the same age. Sorry. Uh, that'd be, she'd be a cradle robber. I, I don't think she is married then. Mm. Uh, Juan Pablo says, what is the geographic distribution of your viewers like? Great, trying to get intelligence out of us. Um, <laughs> actually, it's majority is 60% American. Yeah. Uh, the rest is mostly English-speaking countries. Uh, a lot of Taiwan, a lot of Germany. India too. Uh, a lot of India. Mm. Big India on this one. Mm. Uh, but... Yeah, it's US. different actually you know this yeah. this channel specifically is a bit different to our other ones so. it's it's pretty spread out yeah uh but yeah the vast majority would be i'll America. tell you what they are it's all the freedom loving people of the world is that serious? oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. uh and dadan finishes off the super chat q a session by saying chalky bickies which i'm very upset about <laughs> i literally just ruined my day yeah anyway guys thank you so much for being a part of this very important conversation it's been wonderful having you here a massive thank you to Drew Pavlou. Yeah, thank you, Drew. Um, please go check him out. Support him as much as you can. His links are down below. Uh, and that's pretty much it until next week. We can't wait to see you then. 
Don't forget to check out my video that I released this afternoon about the fishing thing. Please go take a look. It's uh, I think it's important. And I want to know if you can spot the advert that I slyly snuck in there. Also, the NFTs are almost done. Please. Oh, yeah. yeah, please pull those up. Please, guys, at least please help share this around. We're kind of uh, on our last legs here to sell these for the charities. Uh, that's one of them. Yeah, this is the sketch. There's a sketch of Ray Pape and the Beach Monkeys. Ray Pape and the Beach Monkeys featuring Shitala with a new album, Cleaning My Apartment, featuring the hit single, Toothpaste Makes You Minty Fresh. And There's an oil painting and yeah. a sketch. Uh, you have the oil painting there. Yeah, the oil painting is obviously the, the big prize. The big ticket item. So these, the charity is going to go to uh, stopping hum uh, women trafficking yeah. uh, globally and then a rape network, uh, support network here in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. So please consider... Uh, sharing that around at and least go to get, look at it yeah at least go you know, look at it i mean just go look, in the description look at the links yeah. so you can see it in detail because this is very special yeah we don't want this the it's a very these, special story we don't want these charities to go not get the the stuff that they, they and need th thankfully the video the original video i made about this guy the rape ape um you know it's like it's called i was a bodyguard for a chinese serial rapist um, it's doing rape. Yeah. yeah exactly a lot of tongue. a lot of people have watched it it's up to like 1.6 million views now so that means at least 1.6 million people out there know this man. Correct. For the terrible things that he's done. Correct. Cool. So that's it, guys. Thank you again. NFTs are not a scam. Do not say that because this is you're actually just you buying the, the yeah, real painting. Yeah, we'll send NFTs it to you. We'll really mail it to just, you uh, into your hot to your yeah, home. You will get the. You'll real open thing. it and touch it with your hand, and then hang it on your wall, not your virtual wall in VR chat. Yes, this is a you, real painting. And then you'll you're actually the, the NFT is basically just an authentication ticket, yes. so that it proves that you've got the one and only real yes. thing. Because there is only one of each. Yeah, there's one sketch, one oil painting. Yes, exactly. Please check it out. Anyway, guys, thank you once again. Can't wait to see you in the next one. And let's try not to cut myself off this time. What do you say? Sure, I'm going to count good. down from five. Five, four, three, two.